I know the DJ. Do you? Welcome to episode 28 of But I Know the DJ, a podcast discussing all things DJing, music, nightlife, business, and pop culture through the unfiltered opinions of folks. Snacks. Give me snacks, baby. AKA Snacksy Chan, powered by Dope Entertainment and our sponsor, Anchor. And I know we want to present the Black Owned Business of the Week. Mentioned before, Pioneers is a. Por- yeah, let, me, let me do that over here. Oh, my God. And now I want to present the Black Owned Business of the Week. Mentioned before, we have Pioneers Apparel. A performance streetwear brand championing, <laughs> championing, champion. That's a hard word. That's a hard word. Champ- a championing. Word. championing, 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 championing. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. Take it out. Celebrating, celebrating. Boom, championing. Jesus Christ, I've never said that word before in my whole life. Okay. <clears throat> And I want to present the Black Owned Business of the Week. Mentioned before, Pioneers Apparel is a performance streetwear. Stacks. <laughs> Dude, I've never messed up this many times. Performance streetwear brand. Performance streetwear brand. Celebrating. <laughs> and now I want to present the Black Owned Business of the Week. Mentioned before, Pioneers Apparel is a performance streetwear brand celebrating community, culture, and diversity through technical running apparel. They combine streetwear design concepts and high-performance fabrics made of recycled materials for runners and fitness enthusiasts of all shapes and sizes in city centers around the world. Check them out at PYNRS underscore on Instagram. And now I'd like to welcome our guest for today's episode. Y'all want to talk about Boston entrepreneurs. We have the co-founder of C by Sound, founder of Pioneers Run Crew, founder of Pioneers Apparel, and co-host of Podcast Fitness and Color. We welcome my brother, Sydney Baptista, to the building. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate What's y'all. Up, bro? This is a crazy crossover. Yeah, this is super dope. I'm excited yeah. to be here. When, yeah. you, when you were like, yo, you want to come to the pod? I was like... <laughs> Are you playing? Yeah, with yeah, yeah. You're surprised as if <laughs> as if you don't you don't got shit to talk about. I know, I know, I know. But uh, it's 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 funny. I mean, we talk like every day. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. every single day. Yeah, I had posted on Instagram recently. I think when we went away for the retreat, and mm-hmm. they posted the picture, and I was like, some of my best friends yeah. in life because we literally talk every or day. text every day. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, and, and it's wild, man. Like uh, we're approaching uh, Pioneers Run Crew four year anniversary, um, and that's how we met. Yeah. So you know. Uh, Francis today, Captain Francis, uh, she posted the first conversation y'all had about meeting up at Pioneers. Did really? you see that? Yeah, nah, she did. I haven't on, seen it. Uh, she must. I don't know if she tagged was you. Was it on IG? It, yeah, it, it was on Instagram, and it was. Uh, I think it was like a Facebook message or text message, <laughs> and she was like, "Yo, like, you know, same thing as like me, like, 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 what time? Like, what time are y'all running? Whatever." And it's crazy, like, to see that. Like we were just so ignorant. Like yeah. we didn't know what was gonna happen. It was so innocent. Like that's and, the thing, though, about starting things. You just got to do it. Yeah. yeah, what's that thing you were saying all weekend about? Uh, like it's better when you're ignorant going into yeah, things. Yeah, that's the thing, right? So when you're starting something, if you know a lot about the industry, if you know a lot about how to do it, you're always going to find these mental blocks. You're always going to find mm-hmm. reasons not to do it because you're going to know how hard it is. You're going to know right. how impossible. You know how you're going to know how it's going to suck at certain times. Mm-hmm. And if you know that, then it's going to be hard to do it. Right. It's going to be hard to convince yourself. But mm-hmm. if you come in from the outside and you're ignorant to it, you know. Yeah. You'll hear people say, like, oh, if I knew it was like this, I wouldn't have done it. Right, right, right. But, like, 
you're ignorant to it, so you're just going to do it. Yeah. And then so that allows you to even look at it from a different perspective, like to come in with like a fresh set of eyes. Mm. Ignorance is bliss. So anyone who is looking to just start a business, to try something new, a new hobby, do it. Yeah, no, you just got to do it. You can't even think about it. And then just got to start. Yeah, man, like everything I do, I just start like, Mm -hmm. you know, like the music festival. I mean, if I had been in the music industry, if I had been in the nightlife industry, music industry, any industry that's... And I was thinking about music, starting a music festival in Boston. I wouldn't have done it because I knew I would have known how hard it was, and I would have known that it wouldn't have happened because mm. my, you know, my festival it didn't happen in the same form I had planned it to. We ended up having something called um, Bean Fest, where it was smaller, and we had it at the Lawn on D. Yep, but it didn't happen how I wanted it to happen. Mm. But if I had known that going in, I would have never tried. And we have never had Bean Fest, which then opens the eyes for others to then try. Right. Um, and uh, uh, an example is um, uh, Kickback Boston's uh, joint that we went to. Uh, I think it was uh, uh, one, one Day only, one day only. I think yeah, it was yeah, called. Yeah, um, shout out Kickback. Um, and I know I remember just hearing y'all talk about, like, yeah. the different players in the game and how hard it is to maneuver and everything yeah, yeah. like that. So, um, you know, with your festival, you said that uh, – it didn't come out how, how you wanted it to come out. Yeah. So can you explain how it did come out and then how it contrasts to what your, your initial vision was? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> go, we got to go back to like, we got to go back to like 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, because 2011, 2012 festivals were popping around the world. Really. Yeah. You go on YouTube, you watch them. It was Belgium festivals. Yep. 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 Um, and then, uh, I th- I don't know how big at the time um, Coachella was. Mm-hmm. Coachella was a thing, mm-hmm. but like Instagram wasn't what it is now. Right, like 2011, 2012. Instagram started in 2010, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and so like you weren't like it wasn't constantly in your face. Right, but like so I w- I was working at the time. I was working for um, Price Waterhouse Coopers, PwC, big accounting firm. I would travel everywhere, right? So I would like have clients in California and Texas. What was your Chicago. technical position? I was. Uh, uh, what was I doing? I was doing cons- uh, like uh, what was it called? Systems implementation and audits. So it was like IT consulting and audit. Um, Did you so study accounting? And yeah, yeah, I had an accounting. So I went to UMass Amherst, got an accounting degree. Oh shit! And I went to the accounting firm, but I didn't. I didn't do audit. I didn't work right, in right, like right. financial services, right, right. Um, which I have a degree in. But I, I essentially I went to this program called Inroads. Inroads was a program at the time. This was like oh seven. Where you would go and they would like train you on how to get into corporate America. The young black and brown oh, kids wow. in Boston. You is go that to still these, around? I don't know. How, I don't know how how prominent it is anymore. But before it was like one of the few avenues that I had known of to get into um, to get into corporate. That's America. That's super dope. I've never heard of them. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's dope. Um, and so, all right, so like, yeah, because the internet was really different. Facebook was, you know. It wasn't what it is. Yeah, like, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like information isn't even back then. Even though information was easy to get, it was not as easy. As yeah, I mean, now. Facebook now is just turned into like fake news central. Yeah, that's you know crazy. I mean? But back then, like, because I got on Facebook uh, in eighth grade, two thousand eight, yeah. and I was already at PwC in my second year. Jesus <laughs> Christ, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, gee, uh, facts. Uh, but I remember back; it was just straight like people wanted to see your pictures. People wanted to interact, yeah, 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 and yeah. like, like now, now it's just yeah. like it's like opinions and shit. Yeah, so basically, um, so I got to UMass Amherst, uh, and there was, like, I don't remember how, like, 
there was talk around like, you know, there's this program that you can get into that'll help you get into corporate America. At the time, you know, I didn't even know what accounting firms did. I was like, I mean, I was a freshman when I applied to the program. I was a freshman um, and I got in. And basically what you do is like a, it's a year training, year round training. But you in the summer, you go on Saturday mornings. You got to go to this like training center um, and like dress up. And it's like wow. corporate job training. That's really dope, though. I mean, that's important. I mean, I hope they. Uh... I'm pretty sure they still do it, but there are a lot more programs that do that, too, now. So they're not they're not exclusive anymore in, in the sense that like everyone who was trying to get into it knew, but now like, or what I had, what I realized is that um, instead of these corporate companies paying inroads to recruit diverse, you know, let's call them diverse candidates, like black and brown kids, they started to do it themselves. And mm. so it kind of cut inroads off. So like these companies oh, started yeah, going got, into yeah. high schools, they started managing their own programs. Right, 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 right You know, right. they caught on to the game. Right, makes you know? sense, makes sense. Where inroads was like collecting cash per student that they put through it. Right, right, you know right. I mean? But, um, right. So, yeah, I went through inroads, got into public accounting, started traveling. I forgot how we even got to this point, but um, started it's traveling. background story. Yeah, started yeah. traveling with PwC. Um, so, yeah, so I got an accounting degree. I went to the firm, uh, and I was uh, working there, and then I would travel, and I would start seeing all these festivals. I would start seeing them everywhere. And then um, we ended up having this event called Project V. So if you're – if if you've heard of Project, Project V, X. Project V, yeah, it was like based on Project X. Yeah, we had it on Wendover Street. It was me, obviously my boy V, um, a couple of my homies, Tome, Celso, my brother Bruce, Manny, a bunch of bunch of dudes. We were just homies. Um, my buddy Donnie, we went to college with. We were just homies that hung out and partied. And get like we were like deep in the in the party scene, like popping bottles every weekend, like literally every weekend, <laughs> pop bottles every yeah. weekend. Um, it was crazy because we just spent a lot of money in the club. I, we would just, um, we were really, we would buy bottles with like Rob, Kareem, and Ezra from Six One Seven. Like Ezra was the plug. yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of uh, podcast alumni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you, you, you know Ezra? Uh, no, no, but we had Rob and Kareem though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. two yeah. homies. Yeah, yeah OG yeah. homies. Um, but yeah, we used to buy a lot of like. So we had like done the party scene crazy in 2010, 2011. Bottles, everything, boom. 2012, we all came together. We put together an event called Project V. It was a day party in Dorchester on Wendover Street. It didn't get shot up. It was crazy. It made the news. It was outdoors? It was outdoors. Oh, shit. We had like a, a block dunk, party type shit. Yeah, we had a dunk tank. Oh, we shit. We had jello right. shots. We had a DJ. We had people performing. It was like a hood. It's like a hood. Like um, no permit type shit? Just uh, No permit. And then it get shut down? It didn't get shut down. It didn't get shut down. It didn't get shot up. The cops did end up coming at some point. Um, but it was peaceful. Maybe it did get shut. It down. was a I different time, though. No, it was. I mean, dude, dog, people be shooting each other all all the time. What do you mean different time? But I mean, like, like the state of Dorchester was very different. It wasn't like it wasn't a bunch of Karens and shit running around. Ready oh, to at complain. the time, no. That's, no yeah, that's time, what I mean, no, 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 like everyone was there to, for the same mission. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was still dangerous. Like, yeah, yeah, like, dangerous. You know, yeah, yeah. Like it was like it's still a dangerous area. She said our party wasn't dangerous. Our party ended up being right. fire. Like. So Project V happened. If people know what Project V is, they'll know Project V was fucking this <laughs> event that happened that people didn't, but like, couldn't believe it happened. Mm-hmm. So and then on the heels of that, um, some homies out down in DC um, were having, or I think the same year they had their first music festival, and I think they were um, they were um, they were called DC to BC at the time, um, uh, and they had been like 
Boston College students who were from DC, mm-hmm. and so like I, I was, we were connected because we knew some homies that went to BC, and so we went down and saw their music festival. Um, it's called Trilectro. So Trilectro's like one of the few, at the time, black-owned festivals. Um, it's a dope name. Yeah, super dope. Uh, started by Modi, uh, Marcel, and then Quinn. R.I.P. Quinn. Quinn um, is not with us anymore. But uh, he, they they came together, put that festival together. We came down, saw the festival. I came back up. Like I'm. I'm doing this. Word. Like, we had Project V, and they had Collectro. Project V was a, a block party. Collectro was like a festival. I was like, bro, this is fire. I got to do it. They were really, really helpful in the sense of helping us, like, just... That was, like, my first time, like, going at something alone, right? Like, Project V had this whole squad, and then my homie, RJ, who I had met through another friend, had moved to Boston. He was working for the Red Sox, and I, like, latched on to him. I was like, yo, we got to do this. You got to help me do this. Because he was like a sale. He's, he sell, he's like a salesman. He could sell potential partnerships. And I would just, like, figure out everything else. But um, why you? Why did you have to do it? What com- <sighs> this guy who works for some accounting firm and, you know, likes to have fun, obviously. Yeah, but, like, yeah. why are you the one taking the heat on your back? Why yeah. are you the one probably spending, ready to spend tons of money to do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So... I had always had, so I, I was a kid, grew up in Dorchester, grew up on Draper Street, like, you know, um, pretty dangerous street. But I got an opportunity to go to boarding school. So, like, ever since I left for boarding school when I was 14, like, I always had, like, a, a step up on everyone else. But I would leave and go to these white spaces and, like, experience all these dope-ass experiences, but then come back home and everybody's, like, still kind of in the hood. Mm. And so, for me, it was always, like, I don't, I don't want to call it guilt. I don't want to call it, like... I left people behind, but it was always like, how can I bring more people with me? You want to elevate it. Yeah. How can I bring these experiences? So like I started trying to volunteer and like bring people, try to recruit people from my high school. That's how I started. I try to recruit more black people to come to my high school. None of them got in. My brothers, none of them. Nobody got in. Then when I got to college, um, college was like UMass was a fucking, it was crazy at UMass. Um, it was like I had gone to four years of college, of high school where it was all white people. Then I went to UMass. And I was like, oh shit, there's black people here. And I started right, like right. hanging out with a bunch of black people, but then it got way too hood for me. Like <laughs> I was like, da, 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 da. like I was doing shit that I was like, you know, out of character. Oh shit. Yeah. UMass was like its own beast. You know, like yeah. I was doing shit that like I wasn't doing in the hood. I was doing UMass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like crazy shit. Like the wildest shit I ever did at UMass was like, I, I was like a homie of mine was like, yo, I got some beef up here. I brought a gun. Can you hold it down for me? I was like, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I was like, what? Wow, that's wild. Yeah, that's wild. So I held it down for him. That's my homie, you know. But like... Like for like days, weeks, or just for like a night? For a while. I don't know. I actually don't remember exactly how long. But like, think about that though. Like... Yeah, no, that's a a lot. I got out the hood. And you're doing hood shit. And I'm going to UMass doing hood shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I was like, nah, I went too far. You can take the boy at the hood. Can't take the hood out the boy. (laughs) So I was like, nah, I'm going too far, bro. I gotta gotta cut this stuff out. So I cut that shit out. But then... um. So then I like, st- and I, I was like enjoying college. I went to Barcelona for for six months, um, and, and chilled. And I came back, and then I went to PwC. When I got to PwC, same thing. Like one of a few black people. So right. I got on the like all the fucking things that you do to try and recruit more black people. Like I was trying to do it at the firm, and then I started traveling. Then I started seeing these music festivals, and then so like my whole thing was like, how do I bring more people with me? And then once I got those experiences with music festivals, I was like, I got to bring this to the hood. I got to bring this to us. Coupled with what Project V was, we wanted to make it bigger. Um, yeah, man. So I just took it on because, I don't know, I've always been an entrepreneur too, though. Like, yeah. if you dig a little deeper, I was a kid selling the CDs, $5, white tees. I had a, a business in college called Kicks, 
kick some tees. I would jump on a Greyhound, on the Peter Pan, go to New York, buy white tees, buy sneakers, like the fake shit. Wow. Bring it to, yeah, come back to UMass. And I was a, I was a, I was an RA. So I had like a, at UMass. You're, of course you were an RA. You know, oh my God. Of course you were an RA. <laughs> so if, that's uh, bad funny. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, was, funny. I was an RA. And if you, if you haven't, if you don't think about UMass, there's Z rooms. There's what? There's Z rooms. So like if you're in the towers, uh-huh. um, yeah, I know if you're in Southwest in the towers, there's Z rooms. So like you come in, it's a room and then like, so like it goes like you come in. Rooms like this, you go to the back rooms like that. So it's like Z room. Mm, yeah, yeah. And so when I was like a, a right, like a like a common room in between. No, no, it was just a hallway. It was, not, it was just a pass through. It was like not oh, even. Okay. A, okay. It was like room, door, room, door, room. So like, it's yeah, kind of yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So when I was an RA, <clears throat> I had the Z room, and then my room was in the front, and my store was in the back. Like I had like everything. Bro. And you and you uh, lived alone, like you were no yeah. roommate. Yeah, I was an RA, so I had my own spot. And so popping. Yeah, so if you did really dig deep on the entrepreneurial stuff like that shit, my parents had sportswear stores. If you're from Boston, from Dorchester, my uncle owned the Casanovas. Um, stores called Casanova. He had four of them. My dad opened one called Kevin Sports, based on Kevin's name. So we always sold shit. And I was the kid that would like we would get up on Saturdays. We would go to the flea market, set up a tent, and sell shit. Wow. Malatas, fucking t-shirts, everything. And so like growing up, that was I grew up in the stores. I grew up. At the store, making deals, selling shit, going to New York, buying shit. Like I was a kid driving to New York, going cha- going downtown to like Broadway, and going into those buildings where they sold all the all all the like fake basically. Mm-hmm. Um, what you would what you would see like t shirts, like all the Biggie and Tupac t shirts, all yeah, the Nietzsche yeah. jeans, like all that shit. Yeah, yeah. They would sell it in New York. We'd go get it. Right. And so not all fake shit. Like some shit was fake and some shit was real. Yeah. Fake shit came after. The fake shit came in the two thousands. Mm-hmm. In the nineties it was like that's where you went by streetwear. If you wanted Sean John in bulk, if you wanted a Nietzsche in bulk, if you wanted like that type of stuff, you went there and bought it and brought it back and sold it in the stores. And so we had a bunch of stores there. So from an entrepreneurial standpoint, like I've always been in uh, And there's there's that. something like super valuable about just like experiencing that at a young age like yeah. it, it like to you at the time like you're just it's life that was just life like yeah. you you weren't like oh i'm hustling i'm grinding like like whatever like and and you know especially there's no social media so it's not like oh like look at me like yeah, 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 i'm no. up 5 a.m like rising like grind like <laughs> yeah like it, and, and it's just like that was just life you know yeah. what i'm saying and but when that gets instilled in you yeah it's it it, it you know it it uh shows in the rest of your life exactly. decades later which is wild a gift and a curse. A gift and a mm, curse. Mm. Um, but like, so I would be there, and then I would, while we were there buying clothes, I would buy CDs and bring them back to my middle school and sell them. All so all like the hip hop CDs, and that's how I got into music. That's how I got into Biggie and Pac and Nas and all that shit was because I would buy them. Eminem. This is like ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine. I would buy all the CDs, sell them in school, and then so like, yeah, that's kind of like where I got into music, mm. where I got into entrepreneurship, and then so, yeah. So then you fast forward all the way back to the festival. It was like. I had gone to school. I had gotten a degree. I had gotten into this job. I had bought a Lexus. I was going out to the club. I was spending all this money. I was made it, right? Like, I right. was made it. Yep. But I was like, this shit sucks. Like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm watching all of these older fat people. Like, because you put on weight. Like, I had put on a little bit of weight. You get comfortable. You're traveling. You're eating. The expense card, all that stuff. People, but then you look up and you're like, damn, like, that guy is divorced. That mm. guy never sees his wife. That guy never sees his kids. And I've mm. always been like, yo, when I have kids, I'm going to be with my child. I want to be with my kid. And so, mm. like, I looked up and I was like, that's not what I want. Mm. Coupled with this, like, want and need to create. Like, I've always had this internal want and need to create. I'll go to work. I would 
do my, my do my job quickly and then like figure out how to do other shit. You know. Yeah. yeah. So then I, get, I came to the point where it was like, yo, let's do this music festival thing. And I was like really envisioning this thing. But like I said, if I was in nightlife at that time, like understanding how I played, how the politics of Boston played, like I would never try that shit. Because it didn't end up happening. The festival that we created that we wanted to happen, the Seaport, and this is before the Seaport became what it is now. Seaport, it was industrial. Yeah. It was industrial ground. We could. Have, we were trying to like build a festival ground right there on the water, sea by sound, like mixing... Um, what you call now trap with like electronic music, like hip hop and electronic music. And really like, which was big at that time. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. Trilectro was. Yeah. yeah. Um, Trilectro, Trilectro. And yeah, so like yeah. we wanted to basically follow in their footsteps. Those are homies. Um, and so, yeah, man. So like put a lot of time and money into that. And then what I ended up doing was like going all in. I quit my job at PwC. I took one year to work at John Hancock. And that one year I literally focused on building the festival the whole time. Like I, they were like, yo, your performance is trash. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm trying harder. Like, I literally would go to work. I built out the full financial model. I built out the full, like, my, my buddy RJ and I, would, he built out the, the sponsorship kit. And then we just started, sat, like, trying to talk to people. Um, and it's around the time that Marty Walsh came in, into office, like, 2013, I think, he came into office. And so, like, we were trying to sell it, sell it to the administration, like, sell it across the, the, the city. And so, yeah. And so the team was just you two? The team was just us two, yeah. And so what were some of the roadblocks? You mentioned, Man. obviously, uh, government, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, that's what ended up coming up. So we ended up finding, like, everything we needed in the sense of, like, people we would. So the roadblocks were trying to find space, mm-hmm. trying to get people to agree to give us space because they always be like, oh, I don't know if Boston's going to let you do this. And that's still to this day. Right. Like, yeah. they were like, I don't know if Boston will let you do this. Right. And that's when I learned about, like, so then when, when we were having roadblocks on, like, the festival, we were like, let's do smaller events. Let's do smaller events leading up to the festival. Then you go into these festival, you go into these places to rent, and it's like, oh, nah, this ain't available no more. And that's when I really started to understand, like, yo, they don't rent the black people out here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's when I started really experiencing that. Um, and so, yeah, we basically, what ended up happening was we put the full festival deck together. We were like pitching investors. We got some buy-in from the city a little bit, um, but the, like we were working with the wrong department. Well, I don't know exactly what exactly how it went down with the city, but what ended up truly happening was Boston Calling, which was the only festival in town at the time. They got a which help. was mid for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends who you ask, but yeah, they were doing their festival down at City Hall at the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they got a hold of our deck. So I was pitching that shit everywhere. I was going to meet with people. Boom, boom. They got a hold, hold of our deck, and we had put Boston as a like a like the city of Boston as a contributor or like a sponsor. Or like we had like secured some something from the city that said, "Yeah, we'll help." But then when they found that deck, they reached out to this dude at the city, and they were like, "Yo, you know, kill this festival." That's basically what they said. And I didn't know any of this shit until after because the Boston Globe, the Boston Herald reached out. I never told you about this. No, the Boston Herald reached out to me. And then I was like, I ain't gonna no comment on it. But they reached out to my buddy RJ, and he he, he, and he was singing like a canary. What was that? He was singing like yeah, because he already moved to LA. <laughs> uh, he had yeah, already moved to LA. I was still here in Boston. Yeah, I was still yeah, dealing yeah. with the bullshit. He had moved to LA, and he was like, Yeah, man, that's what happened. And so it came out that Boston calling. So the if y'all don't remember, man, it's, you got to go back to like when the dude who was like the sports Cesar for the city mm-hmm. went to jail. He got indicted by the FBI for bribery, and he. Yeah, look it up. He got you, indicted. You have no idea what his name is. It's Ken Brissett. Ken. Kenneth Brissett. Yeah. You, if you, even if you Google something like 
Lobby to Kill Festival. If you look at something like that, C by Sound or some shit like that, it'll come up. Um, Hold on. Yeah, I'm look, looking this Yeah, up. so they basically, yeah, they, they killed oh it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, okay, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Here we, go. we have June 10th, 2016. Uh, the promoter of the Boston Calling Music Festival, aided by a former top campaign advisor to Mayor Martin J. Walsh, lobbied, indicted... Jesus, fucking ads, fuck. Jesus, sorry, <laughs> these fucking ads. Um, lobbied, indicted uh, city tourism czar, yeah, Kenneth Brissett, Brissett to, yeah. to quash a rival music event that later fell apart due to lack of city support. Yeah. Damn, that's real shit. Quote, Please kill it if you can. End quote. Boston Calling organizer Brian Apple told Brissett in an in a April tw- uh, 29, 2015 email. Apple Appel got his wish. The proposed See by Sound Hip Hop Festival, which had been slated for September, the same month as Boston Calling, died after Brissett and uh, other city officials abruptly stopped assisting the promoters. Oh, my. Yeah. Is your name in here? No, it's in there. Yeah. Yes, it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Brissett act, actually intervened a month before that when he became aware of C by Sound's plans. He called one of the festival promoters, Sidney Baptista, angrily upbraiding him for not dealing with his office. According to Baptista's business partner, Randall Harris, singing like a canary from L.A., um, quote, who's the expletive are you? Quote, he told Baptista, according to Harris. Brissett also had another city official call Baptista to tell him to stop using information from his city website in his promotion materials. So, yeah, man. you had, bro, it was tough. You, but you had the green light from the city. You weren't like, you weren't capping out here. No, 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 definitely not. We had our support. But the thing is with the administration, what you don't understand about City Hall is like, they be backstabbing each other over there. Like, so my, the so my West plug, my plug, like, it's not his fault. It's not my plug's fault. He was trying to help, but it was it's, it's it's Mayor Walsh's administration. So, like, if somebody else who's also a chief in the administration wants to make a decision, I guess he like, I guess I don't know. He it was his, it was his apartment. Like the sports and tourism space was this guy's department, versus this other guy that was trying to help me. Right, it wasn't his department. Right, and so right, like, right, right, right. yeah, they killed. So it. Just stepping on toes yeah. and oh my, that shit was God. fucking heartbreaking. It's like for real, for real, yeah. Like they fucking covered it. You think so, I made it up? <laughs> yo, that's just no, not that you made, but like I don't know. That shit like, scars me, bro. I don't talk about it a lot. So okay, so because uh, fuck, I'm trying to get my, I'm trying to get like my my ducks in a row here, like because yeah. at the time Boston Calling was was yeah. legit, but it wasn't that big at that I mean, time. It was the only thing in town. It was the only thing that was working. It was the only thing that, um, it was the only show in town. Well, and why and do you think? Dudes, and why do you think that is? I mean, dude, they, those those dudes were connected. They, I mean, they were older white men who had access and capital. They had help from some. I think they had done. I don't know. I can't, I can't remember the full like scope of what they had done. I remember doing dig dig digging deep to see like how they were doing it, what they were doing. But like, I mean, there were white men in the city of Boston with already an established relationship with the mm. city, and so this guy ended up going to jail, Cam Brissett, because. He basically said to city of to to um to Boston Collins like, yo, you got to pay for union labor, like you got to pay for union hands. And then Boston Collins like, well, you, we're gonna make do all that. Then you got to do us a favor. You got to kill this festival. You know what I'm saying? So, so it was, you scratch my back, basically. I mean, that's Boston though, but like, I didn't know that until I knew that. No, of course, but you know but that's I mean? that ignorance thing yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it happened and I didn't even know. Yeah, you know what I mean. So okay, so 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 at that point. 
you had already spent tons of money, I'm assuming. Time, money, time. quit my job to work at John Hancock. I, I, what percentage would you say completion of the festival were you at that point? I mean, in terms we of were, like planning it and putting yeah, it together. Yeah, I mean, like at that time, we, I mean, we, we hadn't booked anybody. Okay. We hadn't even like really confirmed space, to be honest with you. If that call came in, what what's the date they said? That, that so, April? That call came in April? We were super naive. We wanted to have this festival in September, and we were pushing it we were going to do it in September, but it was April, and we didn't have, like... Talent and We space. had talent. We had, like, a list of talent we are going to reach out to. You know what I mean? What did that list look like? <sighs> I mean, at the time, man, I don't fucking remember anymore, but, like, we really liked... Like, who was, like, headliner? Oh, like man. We really liked Diplo. This is young, you know. Yeah. Diplo, we loved, we loved, but I don't know if we could have even gotten him. Like, yeah, he would have been. T- like, at that time, he list. was blowing up, blowing yeah, up. Yeah, but he was yeah, still. Um, we really liked. Yeah. There was a bunch of there was a bunch of white rappers coming up then that we liked that we thought we could get. Um, um, uh, what's the dude from Maryland? Uh, white rapper what? from Maryland. White rapper from Maryland. Yeah, man, I forget his name. He also goes by Bobby something. Oh, Bobby Logic. Tarantino. Yeah, Logic. Logic was big then. We want like he was on to come up. Um, a couple other ones, a couple other small yeah. ones. We're gonna also mix in some some local acts. Honestly, can't remember anymore. And so I, that, and so I but, try to block it out a lot. Yeah, but know? that, but to book them, that was coming out of whose pocket? Your pocket straight out, or you were getting the spot? We had sponsor? the festival. We had we had like I was like managing like talking to investors. Right, that's investors. how this guy found out about it. it was investor deck. People were basically like, if the city's with it, then we're with it. You know what I mean? Right. And I couldn't even tell you at the time. I was. I'm telling you, we were so naive to how this shit goes that like I don't even know if we like had. I don't. I don't even know if we could have. If everything was approved, we probably would have been able to pull it off. But if like it stopped in April because that's when they stopped taking our calls, and so like I want to say a lot of that stuff fell fell through. Like, but you still did have. Yeah. So event, what ended up right? happening? Yeah. So what ended up happening was that shit kind of fell through. Um, and I think I even might have tried to link in. I tried to link up. All right. So that shit fell through, right? I think even leading up to it, we were trying to do some events, or it might have been after. I can't. Remember the full thing yet But um, what ended up happening was I called my boy Donnie Who I mentioned earlier He's a chief um, Diversity officer of the city Still to this day Oh shit And he had a bunch of plugs And so he worked us To get something at Lawn on D And we rebranded So where was the Oh you didn't have an original place Right right right, 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 So what we ended up doing Was like we delayed by a year Oh wow Rebranded To something called Beanfest Mm -hmm. We actually partnered with Um uh, Malcolm and um, and the folks over at um, uh, uh, man, what's the day party I always tell you about? Now I can't believe I'm um, drawing a blank on them. Um, the first day part, the wave, whoever does oh, the wave, wave. Uh, uh, collective, yeah, collective, um, yeah, collective Boston, Boston, yeah, collective Boston, yeah. Um, connected with Malcolm. Malcolm and I went to college together, so I had known Malcolm, and I really loved what they were doing at the wave. Loved it. It was different. Like, mm-hmm. I was over all the bullshit of dressing up. Like, when I went to the club, we had to dress up. Hard yeah. bottoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah Fucking yeah. button up. Yeah, 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 So, like, ugh. Yeah, bro. I had to, like, I so I had it. all I'm the so cardigans. I came after that. I had yeah. all the cardigans, all the hard bottoms. I was like, you know, we used to get fresh. But, like, we were yeah, tired yeah. of that shit by 2013. We were tired of 2014. Yeah, that's too we were much. tired of it. That's stupid. We'd done that 2010, 11, 12. We didn't want to do it 13, 14, 15. Yeah. Like, we were getting older. We were also, like, I don't know. And so, um we hit up Malcolm. He was like, I remember like meeting with him and like talking about the concept of how we were going to do it now because the C by Sound shit didn't work. So now like, I think RJ might have moved away. No, RJ was still here because he was a part of that too. Um, but my man Donnie hooked me up with someone at Lawn on D and we ended up like, that was like the concession. Like he helped me get that. So we did like a one day festival called Bean Fest, um, Boston Entertainment. 
Nirvana. I can't remember exactly what we why we named it that, but it was like arts and music. Um, we built a stage. Um, we had DJs. We had DJs from like the morning to the end. We had two stages. We had um, a bunch of artists. Michael Christmas performed. Oh. We had spray paint artists. We had um, other shit like yeah. It was really, it was pretty dope. Look I mean, it's, it up. I mean yeah, it's it pretty. It's I mean B E A N Fest. Um, and so that was really dope. But that was like what we ended up coming after. Yeah, C-Fest. Boston's Entertainment and Arts Nirvana yeah, yeah, yeah. Bean Fest. So that was like the first true outdoor person of color festival in Boston. So I'm just going to uh, read the lineup. Yeah, go ahead. Read the lineup. I forgot. See, I forgot yeah. about this. So looking at the uh, flyer here, Saturday, August 22nd, 12 p.m. to 10 p.m. Um, above the Bean Festival, uh, like major headline, live music, DJs, children's events, interactive art, community organizations, something for everyone. Um, the lineup starts with Breck One, legendary yeah, DJ, legendary. Michael Christmas, as you mentioned, Big Bear from Collective, uh, Star Desmond, Funeral Advantage, Latrell James, Slick Vic, shout out Vic, Seventh Wonder, Luki Spitta, uh, Wunderbar. Amazing, I think that is. Healthy Roots, Angelina Botticelli, Young Paul, Collective as well. The Trap Music Orchestra sounds super dope. That shit was fire. Um, Tanya, Billy and Phyllis, That's Somebody, The Yellow Raquel. Arkel. Arkel. Yeah. New American Public Art, Future Boston Alliance. And then under that it says showcasing talent from nearly every neighborhood in Boston, which is, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. That's uh, part of what we want to do. Big underlying, yeah, yeah thing. Uh, free event. Yeah, free event. Oh, shit. Ended up being a free event. Ended up putting together a pretty fucking dope festival. Mm-hmm. But That's fire. Yeah, yeah, ended up being super dope, man. Like, the fact that we ended up ended up pulling it off. It wasn't what we wanted. It wasn't right. C by Sound. It wasn't, like, this fucking huge production. But we still, like, worked through it, brought on the right people. I think I even, I want to say, like, we connected with Shamel around there, like, trying mm-hmm. to do something. I can't remember exactly. Real, real the P. Time, like, yeah, real P. Sorry. Real P, for, real, real P for you. Uh, that's for also, that's know, also yeah. my, one of my college, my college homies. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of uh, podcast alumni. You know, because we, we bring Boston's best on this bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. bring Boston's best. And so, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, it was dope, man. It was a time that I don't talk about a lot. Yeah, you don't. I mean, I didn't know it a lot. Scarred of me so much, bro. Like, it, mu- it sounds crazy <laughs> stressful. Yeah, it was wild. It was a lot of fun, though. So it was the first time that Boston. So like, at that festival, mm-hmm. right? My man D Nice D, um, from Kickback. Yep, he was there. He saw it. Like, the Robs were there. The um, there was another festival that ended up coming out now. Um, that's called uh, man, what's it called? There's a festival. It's a jazz. What's it called? I forget. There's another festival that happens in, um, in Franklin Park. Oh, Bams Fest. Bams Fest. Bams yeah, Fest. Yeah. That she was there. Catherine was at that event. Like all of the people who ended up, like you, you know, they were there. They saw it. It made it believable. It made it something that like achievable. And then they went out and did their own shit. Right. And that was fucking phenomenal. I loved it. Yeah. And I was like, like D D and I went to college. Like. Well, I'm from Kickback. Like we, like I remember Damn, we went to LA together. Pop it, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I went and like we would go out to LA together to see my homie um, Brandon Tory, who's a rapper, um, musician, fucking just genius dude. That went also went to UMass with us from Brockton. We would go out there. We would talk about all this shit, like what we we're doing, yeah. and they stayed with it. Like Kickback, you have to have like really have tough skin to do this shit. Like yeah. Kickback, shit, like shit. Um, Real P, we. Like after I think after see by sound 
and before Bean Fest or like somewhere in between there, my man RJ and I wanted to do more smaller events leading up. And so like we we worked with Real P on literally one event. And we like I didn't have I didn't like I wasn't cut out for nightlife. You know, like I wanted to do day parties. Like day parties and festivals. That was my shit. I was like trying to drive that. Like I remember telling Rob, like, yo, day parties, bro, day parties, day parties. But Boston wasn't ready for that shit. Right. Boston was not ready for day parties, was not ready for festivals at a time where I was trying to push, push, push. Um, now like you look at day parties, but like that shit did not happen right. here. Like, it was like three years ago. Yeah, like we were trying to do this in 2012, 2013. Yeah. But like so going back to 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 real P, I did one event with him and like we did it together. It was like a, a live we had like a a, a DJ. I mm-hmm. mean, um sorry, we had like, like someone a playing a band. I think can't remember if he was playing the saxophone or if he was playing the, the the drums. But we had like a DJ and live music. We wanted to bring this thing together. See about sound or something. I can't remember exactly how we did it. We did that event together. I thought it was popping. It was at um Wonder Bar, R.I.P. Wonder Bar. R.I.P. Um, Wonder Bar. And like I remember, like yo, shiz, I'm about to dip. It was like, nah, bro. What are you talking about? We gotta we gotta close out. We gotta collect the money. We gotta. I was like, oh man, like this shit. I ain't doing this shit. Like this ain't for me. That's why, like, like, like you be like, oh, how late were you out? And I'm like, dude, like three, four. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. It ends at two, but there's like all this shit yeah. after that. But but real people's been in the game for a long time yeah, from bro. a DJ perspective, from a Event perspective, like, yep. motherfucker is an OG in this shit. Yep. So I have a lot of respect for people who do it. I tried it. I did it for a while. I mean, it the sucked. shit broke my heart. <laughs> yeah. No, losing the festival broke my heart, bro. Like, like crushed my dream. It crushed my dreams. It was my first, like, real L. <laughs> I had quit it my, I had quit my, like, six-figure salary. Then when I ended up at John Hancock, and after that, I literally was like, that's how I fell into running. So I was at John Hancock. Depressed oh, out my yeah, mind. Cause, and then uh, Nike, Nike, and then right? NRC in 2015, 2014, 2015 started at, um, at at Nike. So I was like in the Hancock Tower or like next to the Hancock Tower. And then I would just like come and run right there. And so like as I was like dealing with this identity crisis, mm. I found running. And so running became mm. like this outlet for me where I would be like, oh, let's go do this shit. Like, and at the time I had tore both, but right before that I had tore both my knees up. So I had both my knees Ooh. like surgically repaired. So I wasn't balling. I wasn't as quick on the basketball. So you got court. your knees surgically repaired at what age? My first one was a junior in college. My second one was my first year out of college. God damn. So oh nine, oh eight, junior, oh nine, graduated and tore it that summer. Oh, the other one. So I both so my shits totally. That's so bad. So like basketball done. Yeah. I wasn't as quick. I used to ball was like fast, fast, fast. Wasn't as quick on the basketball court. Couldn't really cut in soccer anymore. And so, like, I lost my identity in sport. I fucking left my six-figure job. I fucking failed at this festival, bro. Like, you know. It's tough. It was was a tough time for me mentally. Um, And then also, like, as you're driving down this entrepreneurial lifestyle, like, you're really cutting off your friends. Like, Mm. I wasn't really hanging out with the homies like that because Mm -hmm. I wasn't playing ball anymore. Mm. Um, I think I had moved out. Um, either to my back to my mom's spot because I used to live with Donnie, my homie. Um, I ended up either moving out to my mom's spot or I might have at that point. Twenty fourteen, I actually got engaged, so I was engaged. I was with Maya. I was like, we were living together. Shout out Maya. Yeah, that's that's, that's obviously the homie. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, my wife. But um, but yeah, man, it was a really fucking tough time, bro. Like, I was like, fuck, what the fuck is next? And then I really hated John Hancock, bro. I fucking hated that place. You know, like I <laughs> hated it. I was still making, Good I money. think I had left to make probably a little bit more money. But like, I remember the, the year came up and they were like, oh, we'll give you like a $500 raise. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I hated this. So I ended up quitting John Hancock on a Friday. I was like, yo, fuck this shit. Quit. 
like no two weeks. I called Maya. Out. I called Maya. She was on her way to Miami. I was like, yo, I ain't about this. Or my performance had gotten to the point where they were going to have a meeting with me. And Maya was a director and, of operations at a, at a camp. And so she yeah, knew yeah. what the meetings meant. Like right, they were going right. to fire you. So I, at the time I was like, yo, I'm going to quit. Fuck letting them fire me. I wish I'd never quit because I would have collected some unemployment. But I quit. And they're like, mm. how are you quitting? I'm like, this shit's trash. So then I quit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking quit, bro. I fucking hated it. So then now here I am unemployed. And then I ended up actually getting into business with a homie of mine. We He, he started like a marijuana um, delivery service. And this was like way before marijuana was illegal in, in Massachusetts. So we had to drive up to Maine to try and like build out this delivery service. So like I would drive up to Maine, smoke a lot of weed, like trying to figure out this entrepreneurial lifestyle. Um, but I had a really bad trip. On, on edibles up there and I fucking like had a panic attack and so like I was going through it bro like <laughs> yeah, God through damn, it. I don't dude. talk about this period of my life yeah I, I've never heard this shit we talk every day we, talk, we start the podcast we talk every day like I know you I know me so well bro like, I never bro. heard any of this shit nah I had a really bad trip up there in wow. New Hampshire once and I was like man. so you're my age at this time maybe younger uh 27 28 yeah, yeah you're yeah, like my yeah. age yikes yeah man it was tough and so like I was then I was getting married I was getting married, planning a wedding, a very expensive wedding. So sorry, sorry, sorry. to interrupt you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beanfest is done. Yeah, Beanfest happened. How are you making money? Um, I don't remember. Like, I was probably you got no return. You got no return on zero because it was a free money. event. It was a free event. Yeah, I spent money. What you mean return? There was no return. I spent the money. I fun- I financed the shit. And so it's done. It happened. Hey, you know what? We, no, we no, did an you event. know what? I think I think Donnie ended up getting somebody ended up giving us twenty k. I don't know how between Donnie or like my hustle, whatever. I don't remember. I think because we another big thing about me and you know this because we work together now. I like to pay people. Yeah. I like to pay people for the time. I like to pay people for the tough they do. I don't like to stiff people. Yeah. So like I remember paying people. So I wrote checks to everyone. Um, and so like I, I, we did have money. I think we had like 20 racks. Um, so I might have not funded that like, you know, um, but yeah, so at the time I had no money, bro. I was probably my wife was probably my, yeah Maya was was fucking was holding it down. Wow. Yeah, we had saved mad money for the wedding. This is what happened. Actually, now I remember. <laughs> we had saved mad money for the wedding. Yeah. And then I quit my job in October of 2015, and we were getting married in July of 2016. And so and you were making good money, and you were saving. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so we're saving. You were you were okay. I'm still driving a Lexus. Fucking. <laughs> Like stupid shit. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But like eating out, partying. Yeah. Like no, like I had every color of every sweater. You like everything. <laughs> like, every fucking. I used to buy everything, bro. Every, like, every express card again. Everything no, for real. Though. <laughs> yeah, I was like, for real, yeah, that was like, the swag. Everything, yeah. 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 Um, you know everything. It, it wasn't like what it is now, Yeezys and all. Like now, nah, yeah, like it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, the thing. Yeah, like yeah. I had, I had a lot of Jordans and stuff. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Maya. So we ended up basically living off of Maya's salary with living off the savings. So we dipped into we dipped into our savings and ended up having to pay for the wedding on credit card. Wow. Yeah, it was wild. Knowing that And you was, had a wedding wedding. Yeah, yeah, we had a crazy wedding. It was destination fire. wedding, yeah, right? Yeah. Hard rock. Um Rob Rob might have, I don't know if he mentioned it. Rob is a homie. Hermela yeah. is Yes, she's uh, a wedding behind the design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's a Yeah, wedding. so she so uh her business was our uh, black owned business yeah, of yeah. the week went on uh, Rob's episode. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I so she, up, so she did your she wedding. Was our wedding thing. Oh, Rob was out wow. there with me. He was the one that took me to my room the night after I got fucked up at the bar. At the our our wedding was so wild. We had a club in. No, we had a pool in the club. There was a pool in the club, 
and we would like so we got fucked up and then he was the one that put he took me back to my room the night of my wedding both of us he had wow. my was walking and he took me back yeah. I wish I knew y'all back then, son. Yo, I'm oh, you, man. Damn. Yo, shout out Rob. Yo, Rob is one of those dudes that, and I, I think I said this to you after, because because uh, that episode happened because of you. Yeah, yeah, of course. You introduced us. Um, and I remember telling you after, I'm like, Rob is one of those dudes that, shout out Rob. Rob is one of those dudes that is mad nice and has no reason to yeah. still be that nice. Yeah. He's super nice. Like he's, he's so nice. He's OG in like a lot of ways, man. He was doing nightlife in ninety in the ni- late nineties. Yes, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. You, you guys know he was on the fucking yeah, yeah. Shout, uh, look at uh, for uh, Rob's episode. I don't know what episode, which which episode yeah, it is, I don't but remember. it was a good one though. But yeah, so um, we ended up paying for a lot of the wedding with the credit card. Jesus, but no, like one thing about me is like I don't worry about money because I know, I don't know. I'm just confident. Yo, you'll, about, you'll make yeah, it back. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. I'm ki- I'm kind of like that too, in a way. Yeah. So. So then I quit. I was doing this this weed thing up, up up in Maine, and the thing is, I just remember just being like selling it to everyone. Like go to Maya's. Then I wasn't married yet. We were engaged, so like I'm sure Maya's dad was like, "This the fuck." I was like, "Yeah, man, I'm selling weed." <laughs> Essentially, like, but it was like medical marijuana and all this shit. That didn't work. So I was like the first. So music festival failed. That failed, and then I went and found um um a uh, uh, I got into this thing called Startup Institute. I was actually applying to business school too. So I was like applying to go to business school. All my homies, a lot of my homies went to business school. But I was like, yo, if I'm not wanting to do corporate, then I don't want to do business school because I'm just going to end up back in corporate. corporate. Spend all this money. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to bet it on myself. Ended up going to this thing called the Startup Institute, which is no longer in existence. Taught myself everything I know about marketing. Everything on Google. I went to the school thing that was really a certification thing. Ended up getting a job as head of growth at this company called Breather. Breather. Yeah. So, so when I met you, you were yeah, that was so your yeah, position you when I met breather. you. So hold on, hold on. So to be, if we're gonna just call it like it is, yeah. you got ahead of uh, growth through certifications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And through obviously, hustle. and through your amazing personality yeah. and experience yeah, yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. like that. But yeah. you got it because of that of the startup institute that you mentioned. Yeah, they put me. They basically what the only so what what was what was beneficial for me was like when I was selling myself trying to get in the startup. In 2015, 2016, I was selling myself like this corporate background and I wasn't talking about all this other shit I was doing, like the music festival and all this other shit. But then when I started, went to Startup Institute and started getting some of the terminology, right. started to sell myself the right way, then I fell into like, oh shit, this dude's can fucking make shit yeah. happen. And the thing about the marketing business world is like, if you don't have the terminology like natural, they, they know that you don't know shit. Yeah. Like, cause that's just like, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying, like, it, it's like trying to talk uh, like NBA statistics and not know like, like that, uh, yeah. I don't know, like like a like a plus minus or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that that rebounds are actually important. Like, yeah, just simple shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. very, very like that's exactly like, like love, love the way you put that because you know, like the way you talk about leads and the way you talk about inbound marketing, outbound yes. marketing, um, uh, all this other shit. Like even tagging, UTM tagging, yeah, like all that. Shit. I was on the phone today, like at work at my Talking marketing day job, going <laughs> ham on like just crazy terminology and like. Yeah. The person was like, yo, like, I trust you just because you sound mad knowledgeable. And right. I was like, fuck you. So, <laughs> so like, yeah. So then I got in the breather. But then, like, I was super also entrepreneur because, like, entre- like entrepreneurial because, like, breather was, like, this. A startup? It was a startup. It was funded. Um, I think but when I got there, it was, like, we was, like, raised around a, a, a and a B. I was there for BC. Mm-hmm. I was there for three years, three and a half years. And at that time, they were Boston, Chicago. L.A., D.C., DC. New York, yeah. 10, 10 markets, London. And so I started with the Boston market yep. and it was like, it was, it was, it was a hustle because 
um, we didn't have an office. Like I didn't go into an office every day. I like just literally would go into a breather and breather. They, it was which like, is ironic. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I mean, well, for, so for breather, those who don't know yeah. what breather is, breather still went, around. It went, no, yeah. it went. It went under. Like, really? In the, in, the, in the way that I was in it, it went under recently, especially because of the way that fucking. So basically, breather was take a breather, rent a space. At first, it was take a breather, take a nap, ten dollars an hour, get into the space, find, unlock a door with your coat, with like with your right, phone, right. and chill. Then it, it it pivoted. That's when I first got there. That's what it was. So, like, for me, it was, like, how do I find people to use this space? Oh, so that's why it's called Breather. There's a lot of homies, sense. like, Kickback. I, I, I let D host Kickback events in Breather. I let homies host shit in Breather. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, like, fi- finding ways for people to use this space. You know what I'm saying? Because like, as a growth marketer, that's... Yeah, like, It's, yeah. it's kind of like, like an account manager, in, in a sense. It was more like, yeah, like, especially because I was local marketing growth manager. So, it was, like, how do I grow this market? It was two of us. It was three of us. There was, like, a head of the market... Me is the, the marketing person and one person in operation. And so, like, I, my job was to fucking get people to use the space. Right. So I tried everything, bro. Like, so I was out there hustling, trying to do it. But, like, did you, did you feel at that time being the person trying to grow it that it was, like, a dead market or that it, could, that it wasn't scalable? No. Nah, no. Nah, at the time, I thought it was, like, yo, Uber was popping. Right. All this shit was, like, startup world of, like, right. yo, like, this is what I got to do. I got to figure this shit out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Start, like, startup was popping. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So I did all that. I did it for three and a half years. It, it, it turned from like take a breather to like office space. Right. Like a, to like, like a, meeting. It like was a like a mobile WeWork in a sense. Exactly. Yeah. And then WeWork went down and that shit went down. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. fucking pandemic. No one's using space no anymore. No spaces, right. I ended up leaving right before that. But but yeah, man. So I did that. And then actually when that article dropped like June of 2016, like it was my first day at Breather, I think. Really? Yeah. And I got it. Bro, you, got, you take crazy L's, bro. It was wild. But, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck that. And in between... Get between that, I was also working at. I actually ended up. What was the worst? Like the lowest of lowest. You want to hear what the lowest of lowest was? I quit a six figure salary. I started running at Nike, and then I have a job, and then I started working at Nike, clocking in like, for eleven part time, like eleven dollars an hour, clocking in six figure salary, driving a Lexus, clocking in eleven dollars an hour, driving a Lexus. Nike like pays eleven dollars an hour at the time they did. I Jeez. like to say that because like I don't drive a Lexus no more. Like yeah, and I make a lot more money than I did before. Because it's just like that was the dumb shit I did, you know. Yeah. What I mean, I mean, like, I drive. I don't even drive a. I drive a Kia. <laughs> like, no, I, I mean, I mean, life. like uh, pre-COVID, I was living a lifestyle like that. Where like, and and that's like, it's funny because um, our past episode, UB uh, and Noel, my my boy, my boy Noel, have been uh, trying to put me on on the dissect podcast yeah. where they. Um, they do seasons and the whole season is that they break down an album. And, uh, I was just listening to the, to the Yeezus breakdown, Kanye West's album yeah. and talking about like new slaves and like how they were talking about how Kanye talks about, uh, especially within colored people that like we get money, but we're not thinking of investments. We're thinking oh, about man. stunting, yeah. getting the new whip, yep. getting the whatever. Yep. And like, you know, it happened to you. Yep. It, it happened to me. And, it, and if COVID didn't stop me, like I, I would probably have done it, kept going. I remember you getting fresh. You, you started know, getting super bro, fresh. Bro, bro. Like I remember... <laughs> One of my f- favorite moments in life was my sister was, like, talking to some dude, and, and she was like, oh, yeah, he's, like, some stupid DJ, whatever. Oh, which DJ, whatever, snacks, whatever. And he goes, oh, the dude with the fresh cut all the time. And I was like, fuck yeah. That's how it's got to be, <laughs> Yeah, I was amped. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, like, I have the, I have the fancy backpack, like, you yeah, know, I was able to, like, shoes, the shoes and, fire, and the yeah. jewelry, the fit, yeah, like, yeah. whatever. Like, and now, like, I just, shout I'm like, you, plug. I just wear, I just wear, yeah, shout out the plug. You know, you, if you know, you know. We got the same plug. Yeah. Except that, except, except the difference is now is I don't buy for me. I buy, you buy for, for wife. You buy for wifey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I still buy you for me. You saw this weekend I'm I had to bullshit yeah, yeah, yeah. for her. 
bought, I, bought, I bought my wife a pair of Balenciaga. She's like, get these motherfuckers Yo, out of here. Oh, my God. Um, but now we are just on our athleisure game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we is, can, yeah, like, this is, yeah, we're, we're going like, to dive in. We'll, we'll, we'll dive, dive into that. Um, but so Nike and then. Um, so, yeah, so I was at the lowest point, clocking in for Nike, running, <clears throat> becoming a running coach, doing the running pacing thing. And then I got into breather. Started making some money again. So Nike was before Breather. Yeah, yeah. Nike oh, was before wow. Breather. Yeah, yeah, Nike was like, Nike was between like, I think Nike was like February, of, I want to say January of 2016 to like right before. I actually worked at Nike th- through probably like September of 2016. Why did you choose to work retail at Nike? Because I wanted to become a running, I, w- I was getting into running. So, you're, so with the and intention wanted, of getting into the running world. Yeah, and also I, I wanted the discounts. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? But with the irony of like, I wish I had the discounts when I had money. Because at this point, I had gone into credit card debt. Spent, I had gone, because I was getting married in June, June of 2016. No, July of 2016, I was getting married. So, like, I had spent, we were living on my on our savings, but we then would have to pay for the credit. We had to pay for right. a wedding on a credit card. Um, but, like, so I wasn't really buying a lot of shit. But, like, I wanted to get into running. And I wanted to, like, this running thing was, like, it literally, like, was my identity. It helped me get through such a difficult time, bro. Like, that's why I, I don't know. That's why I'm so tied to it. It's like, it was a very hard time. And I just, it was something, it was something that I was working at, that I was getting better at, that like was helping me. And so yeah. I stuck with it. And so like, I got deep into it. And so, yeah. yeah. So running is this crazy thing that outside looking in, you're like, why the fuck would yeah, you do it? It's, it's, it's and, and you know, for a lot of sports, when we grow up, soccer, football, you name it, running is punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, you fucked up or you don't shut up, run a lap. Right. Yeah. And and that's how we get, that's how we view it. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and it's a cultural thing. You go to, you know, uh, other countries where running is the yeah. main sport, for yeah, instance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so outside looking in, like, yeah, I think we crazy. But yeah. Yeah. Like we, I mean, we still get shot out. Like yeah. when we're running in the streets to this day, like why, what are y'all running from? Like, why are y'all running? Like, Oh, it's too hot. Why are y'all yeah. running? It's too cold. <laughs> yeah. It's too cold. We're fucking running through the winter in freaking park. Yo, it's yeah. th- it's fucking what snowing. the fuck y'all doing? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Only white people running this shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 White people shit. And, and people, you know, people like in my DMs, you know, like, why are you running? Like yeah. whatever. And, and it, there is something so therapeutic about it. And I, and I, uh, you know, I talked to Elise about this. Um, shout out Elise. Like, so therapeutic you get in your own mind you're able yeah. to compete against yourself yep. um and obviously and then there's obviously like tons of physical uh yeah. gain as well um so in that moment when you talk about the dark ages and you're starting to run and that's you're regaining your identity from yeah. going from speed and cutting to now long distance yeah you know what were some of the things that changed for you mentally um i i i started building a lot of discipline just to mm. run a lot of miles, you got to yep. build discipline. Yep. I started being able to like talk to myself mm. and think beyond like my um like what was in front of me. Like I don't got a job, I don't got no money. Right. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I wasn't like dead broke. I wasn't, but like I didn't have a job. It was scary. It was scary. Yeah, like, yeah, it was yeah. a tough time. And so like it helped me like really think think through some of the decisions I made. Helped me like I I mean I mean I love I I live with the regret of quitting my job. At a big firm for like years, man, for years. I'm gonna say 2020 was the first year that I didn't have that regret anymore. That was like wow. five years after I left, six years after I left. I left in 2015 or some shit like that. And you're like, I should just apply, try and get it back. Yeah, I was always like, maybe I should go back. Like, I don't know. Like, cause I mean, you're still working on a startup. You know, I ended up making more money finally, but mm-hmm. like for, at the first couple of years of, of, of the first year, I was making like, you know, just not making that much money. Um, 
you know. And so running was just like one of the – it was also I could find competitive in it because, like, there was always someone faster than you. Like, in running, there's always someone always, faster than you. Like, always. don't matter what. You could be yeah. the fastest person and someone's the fast, faster than you. And so, like, it was competitive. Um, and, and, yeah, yeah. And then so becoming a coach was also challenging. And it was something I could look forward to and I enjoyed. And I really – could unplug mm-hmm. and like really just be with myself and be with my mind. And mm-hmm. so that was, that was dope. Yeah. And I found that consistent just, you know, af- after four years where, you know, we talk about like, it's funny, like even when we go out or do something social and like we see people outside of running gear yeah. and we're like, yeah, like you guys uh, live these actual lives because, but to your point, because they come to run to unplug, yeah, they're these yeah. different people. They're, they're in running gear. They're, you know, they take the makeup off or they put their hair down or, yeah. or, you know, they're just wearing a hat every day. You know what I mean? Like, and you see them as their unplugged versions. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's why that, you know, we see, the, we meet some of the most amazing people. Yeah. And then like, we build the dopest communities and dope yeah. vibes. <laughs> yeah. But then you like catch them like, like when they're doing their thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. or you see a video, like you see like Sabrina, for instance, shout out Sabrina, like doing her thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, oh shit, like she's a boss. You know what I'm saying? Like, but 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 not to say that you wouldn't expect her to be a boss, but you yeah. see her as just like Sabrina yeah. unplugged. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you're like, oh shit, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's 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 great to be able to see people in that like vulnerable, yeah, st- in that vulnerable state. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, and so you're coaching at Nike. Yeah. Where is that light bulb moment to take it somewhere further? Um, at this point, I I think that was 2016, and then I started um, uh, Heartbreak. Dan Dan from Heartbreak tapped me to become um, a, a, a pace a, a coach in his Heartbreak studio um, studio uh, running studio. So he was basically the catalyst of me becoming a coach because he was like shout out Dan. Ta- he tapped me to become a pacer, and then he tapped me to become a coach in the studio. And he taught me like you know just a bunch of shit on how to do it. But I had found my footing. Like, I had a job. We got married. Paid off the debt. So shit's starting to look right. Shit's starting to look right. And I'm getting complacent again. Like, I got to do more. Like, that entrepreneurial, like, even though I was at Breather and it was like an entrepreneurial role, it just wasn't enough. It wasn't yours. It wasn't mine. It wasn't mine. But what year? I forget even what year we started unnamed. Because I was, I mean, I you know, I forget what year we found it unnamed. I I think I want to say... 2015. So I don't know if I even took a break at this point. So, thinking, but was that so? Was unnamed your first swing at what Pioneers is now? Yes, absolutely. Um, interesting. I, I think I want to say 2015 is when we started unnamed. So, like, I um, and we're talking Run Cruise now for those. Not yeah, yeah, we, yeah, sorry, we're, 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 talking we're, we're talking Run Cruise in Boston. So unnamed is unnamed Run Crew. Yeah. Um, and so I. Yeah, that was 2015. So I guess I never really stopped with the fucking entrepreneurial bullshit <laughs> because I didn't have it. I still it's wasn't. To this shit. Yeah, like I wasn't even. Um, I so yeah, we started unnamed. I was like working at Nike, and we. I want to say where the fuck was I working? I don't even remember. I might have still been at John Hancock when we found it on that. You know what's funny? You not remembering these things like freaks me out. Because, because you're gonna be my age one day. Yeah, and I'm gonna I be like, I don't know really when this is. Really bad memory though. I have a really bad memory, and I do a lot of shit, bro. No, I know you do. Um, but there are times where I'm like, the fact that he can't put two and two together is no. freaking me out. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but continue. Got a really bad memory. <laughs> we found an unnamed um, in 2015. We did that for a while, and in 2016, I left unnamed and got married. And yeah, so I actually I, we started unnamed. I was still at John Hancock. And so that was like my little bit of entrepreneurial stuff after the festival. It might have been even during together. My shit, the shit might have all been together. I don't remember anymore. But then in 2016 is when I transitioned. I left unnamed and um, I started doing breather. And then all the way from like 
and then coming into 2017, it was like I was feeling good. Like I was had my like you know I had my um, my money back. Like I was feeling good. You know, like yeah, yeah. feeling better about myself. Had run my first marathon by then, and then I was like, yo, like all right, I'm coaching. I'm having, you know, my job, we're happily married, we're having a good time, but now now it's like, what's that thing that's missing? Like, there's always that thing that's pulling on me, like, got to do more. Unfortunately, that's why I said, it's a gift and a curse to be an entrepreneur, because, like, you just never know when to say no. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest fears of, my, of Maya is, like, yo, you just don't know how to stop. Like, you're never going to be satisfied. And it's, it's a true, like, it's it's like, you know, for her, who likes to be, like, she just loves, loves her family, she just wants to be with her family and me, it's like, I want more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Like it gets a little scary. So I was like, yo, I had flew out to DC, I think for Maya's birthday that year. And then we ran into, um, district running collective and Word. they were a vibe. They were a fucking vibe, man. And I was like, yo, this shit is fire. And that's the thing that people don't understand about like, and, and this is for any community. Like you can make, like we, we talked about this at our retreat. We had a captain's retreat recently. Um, and, Running is just a tool, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a common theme, but you can you can surround it by vibes or good people and like and and that's the thing like and that can be with it can be with a fucking book club it can be with anything yeah. you know what yeah. I mean and exactly but people but people don't yeah they like to be able to mix yeah things that in theory like oh partying and running don't mix because if you're partying you're yeah, probably too tired right. to to run yeah you know what I mean but it's it's just. You use <laughs> use running as the tool, and you can make things work. And yeah. that's like, but that's, but that's the uh, the harmonious like key. You know, yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah, that yeah, that yeah. perfect blend. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, this shit is dope. Like, there's mad like DC's a, I mean, DC's a black city. love DC chocolate soccer city. Yeah. So that running team had all black people on it. And yeah. I was like, yo, this is what I need. At the time, I was coaching at Nike or or, or, or or pacing for Nike, coaching at Heartbreak. You know, very white. Like, yeah. I would have to go into Cambridge to coach. Yeah. And I, would I mean, you're down. on Newberry Street and exactly. you're in on Cambridge. Uh, in Cambridge. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, man, like, I need this shit. So I came home. I told Maya, I was like, yo, I'm, you know, I'm about to start running, you know, um, in Dorchester. I'm going to pick Phil's, um, Savin Hill Bar and Kitchen because there's a black-owned business there. Savin Hill Bar and Kitchen is half, um, half, one of the owners is black. It's on the red line. It's mm-hmm. in Dorchester. Yep. It's not on the black side of Dorchester, but it's in Dorchester. Um, I was just going to start meeting there. And she was like, yeah, the fuck right, bro. Like, you're just going to start running. You're not going to name it. Okay. I was like, I'm not going to name it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to start running. And so I put out feelers. Like, that's how, like, I put it out. Like, yo, meet me here. You know? Another thing about not ever, I had, I guess I had founded Unnamed Run Crew. And, like, I had brought a lot of people out. And so I knew there was interest. And another thing about founding Unnamed Run Crew is, like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I don't know how to start a running team. I just fucking did it. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm from Boston. I'm not a transplant. You know what I'm saying? I'm from here, so my people fuck with me. They're going to come out for me. Word. They support me, and we can go through everything. We can go from the festival. We can go from Project V all the way through what I'm doing today. My people support me Facts. because I support them. And you know, so, So, like, when a name started, like, those, you know, my people came out, supported and so then when I left that and started my own thing, like, I just knew my people was going to come. I knew the Cape Verdeans were going to be out. Maya's family. Bro, <laughs> when I joined Pioneers, <laughs> I was the only non-Cape Verdean <laughs> that was there. <laughs> but, you but you know, like, the way I recruited you to, to – so, like, I used a lot of the tactics I was using to um, – how I recruit people to – Real hustle shit. To, yeah, real hustle shit. The, the way I was recruiting people to um, 
to uh to breather i was using the same tactics to recruit people to, to think someone left a fucking email list open they're gonna go unnamed <laughs> the people who left their email list they found after like people were like doing boot camps right, right. they were like put a, they'll put a fucking sign up sheet on facebook like yo sign up for this boot camp you go on it you click on this button it shows you the whole email list i'm like snatch snag <laughs> snag snag put them in the email list mass email i fucking yeah. mass email the whole city like yo yeah, yeah. starting this running team you always pull up snacks. You always pull up the fucking email century. Like pull up, pull up to us, start this running team. Like so, that's how I started building it. And then I was a photographer. I did the emails. I knew what would bring people and what would keep people. And so I started doing all that. And then like Coach B and I go way back. Like he teaching at a school that my brother was. He was like Kevin's teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so like he came because he fucks with running, obviously. Um, and he's the homie. And so like he was helping me with building it out. And then like Francis is a friend of mine from middle school. She was a runner on the side. You said she posted something today. I haven't even seen it. Like, I was like, yo, come run. Like, I was just telling mad people, come fuck with us. Come run with us. And so, yeah. So, I mean, that's the start of fucking, I don't know. How Ado's pulling up soon. Ado, Ado be fit on the low. Ado played uh, uh, soccer at BC, right? Yeah, I see you with all the. Yeah, D- oh, baby. Yeah. He's, he's D1, D1. Yeah, that's that's real shit. Ado got to pull up. Yeah. Um, And yeah, man, like, I yeah, I remember, I mean, my first few uh, weeks running with y'all, like, yeah, you were running around doing this and that. I would like, do. I was the fastest person on the team. I mean, other than Coach B, Coach B is a beast. Right? Yeah, yeah, Coach B is. Yeah, different. like I was. <laughs> fat, so I would run forward, lead the runs, tell people where to go, take pictures, wait for the person in the back. Yeah, check in with them, run ahead, meet the people, make sure people are going the right way. It got to the point though where I couldn't do that anymore. Yeah, you know, people started getting better, and then so then I was like, yo, I need captains. So then, like, you know, but I still had my day job. This was just some shit I was doing on the side that was fun, and it was like it was meaningful to me because I couldn't do it through. I couldn't like bring these experiences to to my people through mu- through music mm-hmm. and arts. I couldn't do it through the firm. I couldn't do it through music and arts, even though I tried. And we did break some barriers and, and do some shit that really worked out well. But like I just I wasn't my heart wasn't mm-hmm. in the nightlife, and then also I was already jaded from what happened with the city. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I had already got a job at Breather by the time that that article dropped. When that fucking when that reporter called me and told me about it, like I was already at Breather, and I was like, I don't want to deal with this shit. And um, and so like running was my outlet, and I could do it for free, not ask nobody no questions, and I could promote it to people of color, and I could have just like this vibe that we can create through running in Boston. So that's I ended up just doing that shit. And now we fast forward four years, yeah. <laughs> and what. And Pioneers Run Crew, I mean, is a fucking the, the, the coolest run crew in the world. Yeah, um, and <laughs> I'm I'm saying that on the record. It's my fucking show, and I'm I mean, a captain. I mean, think about <laughs> it. And I'm a captain. Let's go. Think about like, all right, think about like, in the last two weeks ago, in the last two weeks, we had marathon champion Des Linden, the best women. Like, I don't know if she's the fastest right now, but no, oh, no, fuck it, she's the fastest 5k, 50k runner in the yeah, world. Yeah, she broke the record. Yeah, she broke she the world record. Came, she broke the record on Saturday, on Sunday. She came to our run crew on Saturday, the next day. Or the next week, like the next she week, broke yeah. it one weekend. The next weekend, she was with us, and you know one of our captains was running with us. On the on the flip side, that's the, that's the longest. On the flip side, that same week, I was talking on a show with and who's the homie now, Gabby Thomas, who is world record hold, holder in the two hundred meter, or um, I don't know if she's world record holder, but she broke some records in the two hundred meter and the three hundred meter. So that's a track and distance. And they fucking with us in the same week. Like, Brand is yeah. strong. Yeah, so like Pioneers Run Crew is the fucking dopest run crew in the, in the world. Check us out, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that has grown into what's across your chest right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is Pioneers Apparel. Yeah, which is crazy. Which, um, you know, we, we, we said it uh, in the beginning of the episode, but 
performance streetwear brand celebrating community culture and diversity through technical running apparel yeah. and i know obviously being close to you and talking to you every day and still waiting on my gear right uh, <laughs> yo, yo, everyone's waiting on their gear i was fresh off of a, of a, of a fitting of a today. fitting that's correct yeah so we can talk about all that but um yeah. i mean yeah it was just another one of those things where like we got into running right we we, we did this we, like our first deal was with puma yep. you remember you was there i was there Puma came out, then wanted to fuck with us. It was like, all right, bet, like, let's fuck with you. We had a horrible experience with Puma. Yeah. Like a horrible experience. They didn't have running apparel for us. They used, like, we would go in for meetings and, like, tell them all our ideas, and they wouldn't pay us for our time. We would do all this shit. They wouldn't pay us. They would give us shitty gear. And so it was like, damn, I had such a bad experience with them. And then we're in Boston where black culture gets no love. Like, running crews and running communities in New York – Nike works with them. Yeah, dude. Fucking Adidas work with them. Under Armour signs. Fucking all. They see businesses. the value in them. Yeah, but they don't fucking respect us here. So like, you know, these teams all have all this like sponsorship behind them. So like, we wanted one. We started working with Puma. That shit didn't really work out. And then it's like 2019, and I'm like, yo, fuck this shit. So 2017, 2018, we worked with Puma. Didn't really work out. 2019, we started drop shipping. Like, I started drop shipping our shit on the website. Like, our yeah. website's trash right now. That website's trash <laughs> right now. But I started drop shipping because I was like, yo, I can't deal with these brands anymore because Nike's not showing us total respect in Boston because they're working with the Heartbreakers. Heartbreakers, fire ass team, right? Yeah. Huge, big, big. And Nike was exclusively working with them. No one else was giving any play. Like, we worked, we reached out to Under Armour, but no one was fucking with us. So, like, for me, it was like, all right, black culture is American culture. Like, that's what leads American culture. Running is fucking booming. You don't know what's coming, but that's just coming. Like, everyone's going to be running. And then what happened was the pandemic happened, and no one could go to the gym, and everyone started running. So for me, it's like black culture is going to come into running. It's already there. It's just going to overtake it. Mm. And why am I going to go give my team that we've created all this, like, vibes and, and love and, like, all this shit that we've created? Why would I go give it to another brand when, like, I'm just going to figure out myself. I'm going to figure out how to do it. I was watching Tracksmith. Tracksmith started in 2015, 14, 15, something like that. They started with just online. They didn't have a running community. They started selling apparel. And then all of a sudden, they're like, shit, we don't have a community. We need to create a community. They created a community of runners. And then they put a store on Newberry and they took off. Like, multi-million dollar company. I'm watching it like, yo, we got a fucking running You already team. have the community. We got a built-in running team, and we said, and I, I remember we would face. You would show me like initial designs. This is yeah, like I'm. This is you. early pandemic. This is almost. This is about a year, like almost so a year the, ago. The, what, 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 how it started was October of 2019. Um, my homie um, Jonathan, who who founded a company called Nobu. I'm actually wearing their shirt right now. I should show it off. Shout <laughs> out Nobu. It's Cape Verdean brand. Are they? Are they? Uh, um, Cape Verdean brand. Word. And so t-shirt brand and like and, and streetwear. So like he had a homie. He had a couple homies that based in london they designed his like his his brand identity for him and so i was like yo i need someone to because i was like thinking about doing it i didn't want to use pioneers run crew because pioneers run crew is like based on like you know this like collegiate kind of like look and like mm. it, it had like this old school appeal because we you know we're paying homage to the new york pioneers club so like that had its own history and so i didn't and then also that's the other reason why i didn't want to take pioneers run crew is because we had built such an authentic community of people i didn't build pioneers run crew alone right. you helped Francis helped, Elise, Barack, Chris, like that shit. I'm yeah, I'm the founder of Pioneers Run Crew, but that shit ain't mine. Like it's ours. Like imagine me saying like, "Yo, this is what we're doing. We're gonna monetize this thing." It's like nah. Like we got to keep the fucking community as pure as like. How else do you get such a 
um, authentic experience. Yes. You know what I mean? How authentic. do you create authenticity? You don't try to monetize it. Sell right? it like, out. So yep. like for me, it was like, all right, keep that shit pure. Let's fucking create something new. So. <laughs> yeah, Ano likes that one. You know what I'm saying? Like, In the post production. But like, I didn't need. And that's the other thing is like, I know my values. Like, you got to go back to your values. Like, what mm. are your values? Like, is my value to fucking make as much money as I can? No, because if I then I would have stayed at PwC. You know, I fucking climbed the fucking ro- the ranks, and I would have been. You know, that's that would have been my route. But like, I want to create experience. I want to do shit for my people. I want to have fun with it. I want to impact culture. I want to like, you know, so. I had my boy put me on with his boy in London and he created the full identity. We like went through like what we basically dissected what pioneers run crew was down to like who runs in it, why people run in it, what the meanings of like running in the street, what the meaning of like introducing running. And then we came up with what you see here. Like, you know, let's yeah, show that off. Check out the YouTube channel for the visuals. So we got we just got, some um, of the beanies. What what kind yeah. of wool is that? What kind of talk to me about the <laughs> this wool? This is hundred percent wool. You know the vibes. <laughs> you know the vibes. So this shit right here, that shit don't smell. It don't shit don't Yo, smell. Yo, I I, I Sid's been wearing these religiously through the uh winter. He's running them. Yeah. And done everything in them, bro. And yeah, and, and I was like, Yo, let me see that shit. And I smelled it. There's no smell. Yeah. And I was shit. like, Yo, how many times you wash this? He goes, I've never washed yeah, it. Yeah, I never washed it because you don't need to, you just let it dry. And that's the thing is with performance apparel, yes. really good fabrics, you get, it's like they don't hold odor and you can, the, the, all right, so the idea behind Pioneers running apparel is like dissecting Pioneers Run Crew. Like we run, but we fucking party. We chill, we pull up. You look at you, you're wearing a, a dope ass Pioneers Run Crew um, jacket. Got the, they got the nice joggers got with the, the jogger. reflection, with the zipper, with the Yeezys. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's my swag. So like, I'm, I'm comfortable. So like, I'm husky, <laughs> but I'm fly. So like I'm taking that, I'm taking our identity as a running team with the vibes yeah. and putting it into apparel. Like, so then my shit, you can wear it out or you can wear it to a day party. Like I got a bunch of shit. I'm gonna pull out, pull that shit out. So I brought podcast my, exclusive. He I'm just came from the fitting. The bag is on him, baby. Look at that shit. Definitely. Look at the color blocking. Look at that shit. So Again, like refer to sports, the YouTube channel to get the visuals on this. Sports bra. I mean, we already sold 50, $53,000 worth. Of yeah. So you did do crowdfunding, yeah, we did crowdfunding. So, and then so the, all right. So this, is a nod to streetwear culture. Like, like this little color tab thing. It was like, we wanted to make it so that like you could wear it out and it'd be dope. And it also has a nod to like the streetwear culture and black culture. And like, mm-hmm. but it was also running apparel. Like you can fucking sweat in and it's it would be dry. You could go get a coffee after you can pull up to a yeah. party, whatever. So that's like a woman's thing. I and you literally like, wear your own shit like all day, every day, day, every day. And you're always, and you're always clean. Like you're yeah. always fly. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate you. you know what I'm saying? But yeah, like I, I wear my shit. Yeah, like this sweatshirt is fire. I got another. Yeah, one. I can't wait to get it. People, are, people just blowing, blowing's fire. Those are the joggers. No, oh no, that's the oh, that's the blue. Yeah. So Fuck, like, which one did I get? I don't even know. I don't remember. So I definitely got the black one. You know, I stay. Blue. So this has a little pocket that you can put like a phone in or a keys to go and run. Yeah, you know what I'm saying I feel that right there. Feel the inside of that. Feel the inside. That's velour. So 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 again, Ado did do D1 soccer. So he's been in sweat in in sweatsuits for years. What, what do you think of that, Ado? That's what yeah. you train in, he said. That's that right? D1 that's shit. That shit's fire. Like, you can... That's yeah. ACC. <laughs> shout out e- shout out the Eagles. Feel this shit right here. So this shit is premium, premium, premium... Lululemon type shit. Yeah, like, basically. Like, I can't I can't say I can... And the cut is different, too. Yeah. Ada, you see how that cut is different? Like, even on the on the, on the the uh, bottom, too. Like, turn it around. Like, you see how, like, it has a... Like how how the how the how the hems are how yeah the how the hems are. are yeah yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't you know I'm I'm not yeah, yeah, I'm no, not in the game good. like you you know what I'm saying 
Yeah, yeah. So you can literally rock it out. Day party, right? Yeah, 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 the yeah, tab, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and that also, if you're running, you know you're reflective. As a runner, you need a reflective. So, yeah, so basically, I came up with the fucking idea. I was like, yo, Cracksmith did this shit. Why the fuck can't I do this? Yeah. They didn't have a community. I got a community. So I started talking. So I you're, got you're already, like, halfway there in a sense. Exactly. So yeah. then um, built the brand out, liked it, and then started talking to the running community. Mm-hmm. I, remember, I don't know if you remember, but in, like, April, it might have been March of 2020, right when we went into the pandemic, I sent surveys out, like, yo, Tell me your three favorite running. Yeah, I remember running shit. Right. Tell me your three favorite running pieces and why. And so people put it out. The women, the, the women, are the most important dudes, like whatever, like women, though, they like their pockets. Same, same with DJ. They like the shit. They like the <laughs> shit. That, they like how shit fits. Yeah. So it's like, important. I, yeah. It's important. It's got to be supportive. And plus they spend the money like. Yeah. Women's like dudes. I don't know. I, I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't really worried about the dudes because they just do what the women do anyway. Like just follow if the women. You know what I'm saying? Make something dope. But yeah. And, I, and so like. I got all that feedback and then I went and found designers. Like I need a really good running designer. And everyone was on fucking furlough at the time. Like right. people had come on furlough. So my homie, um, who actually used to run with a name and ran with us for a bit, um, here and there, it was definitely more a name, but um, yeah, what's yeah. his name? Alex. Yeah. He was working for New Balance Running. Yep. So he had the technical expertise to design this shit. Right. And then I had my homie Drew from Bodega throw the little color like streetwear vibe on top of it and then i found sherry through a connection um sherry's like she's Rock she's uh yeah she's yeah. she's she is uh head of product she's done this shit forever like she built um some of tracksmith stuff um she did some shit with um ministry of supply she's worked with tommy hilfiger she's worked with sean john and she's in boston so met her mm-hmm. hustled figure out a way to get in, t- in touch with her and that's and that's sorry to interrupt you but that's the beauty and what makes this you know you talked about authenticity before like there there are people we know like you know, when you think of streetwear, there are certain brands that come into mind. But at the end of the day, it's a bunch of white people, mm-hmm. old white guys that are behind mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. And they just happen to have a lot of money, so they're able to just pay someone to figure mm-hmm. it out. You're someone who's, and you just said, I have my boy who had this. Thank you so much. I had, I did need this. Thank you, Ada. <laughs> um, you have your boy who has on the streetwear side, yep. and then you have your boy who's on the technical yeah. design side. Yeah, like these are like people that nah, you know, yeah, like, like you're you in do it. shit. Yeah, and I put up fifty racks of my own money. Heard that. You know, so like, it's also like I wasn't coming you bet out it on yourself. Yeah. Like at this point I was like, you know, made some, like I had some good money, so make, making some good money also, but I could have put that money in the stock market. I could have put that shit in my son's college tuition. I just was like, yo, I'm going to create this shit out of the love, out of the v- belief in myself. You know what I mean? And I paid everyone. Everyone gets paid. Like I don't ask for no one to do free shit. Like yeah. I try to pay everyone. Um, and so, yeah. So then basically created it. Um. Yeah, source the fabrics, performance. The T-shirt that you were touching is made of recycled um, fishing nets recovered from the bottom of the of the ocean. Um, shout out, really premium shit. <laughs> shout out, eco friendly. Like, but that's what I'm gonna be real. That's why. How can you not fuck with the brand? You feel what I'm saying? It's He's coming at you at all brand. angles. It's yeah. sustainable, sustainable, black owned. It's fire. Yeah, you can you can just chill. My husky guys, where you can just chill in it. My athlete, my athletic people, yeah. work out in it. The colors are dope. The colors are yo like the, like uh that the shit. like the sports brush shit like that like like you know, like like especially with these uh TikToker like on, workout at, influencers at, at the like bottoms. they want to be threaded out. Look at the look bottom, at those bottoms like when when you if you see if you see a uh, homegirl going ham on the in the gym in a crazy fire ass uh, colors too, fire ass color like it's, it's popping. Yeah, exactly. yeah. especially because it was perfect timing because people are working from home now too. You know, I got the, the joggers. Yeah, 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 I got a bunch yeah, of shit. Yeah. I'm not gonna show everything, but um, 
But like people working from home now, so they're wearing what I like. People, it ain't like you're not really wearing business casual shit. I, I, I wear the same three shirts, exactly. same you, the same one hat. Exactly, bro. You know what I'm saying so. Facts. Yeah, I wear like I have my shit. That yeah, exactly. So like one, I mean, I wear all my shit. Like I love getting the fact up. That you can just wear, your run own through shit. my hood with my own running team, wearing my own running shit. That's real shit. I'm talking about like yeah, like that is the definition of like the fucking dream. Dream. yeah. I mean the dream and also like you know full circle of like keeping your money and your ideas and like really building for like building for our culture, building for our team, building for our people. Like you know so. Yeah, man. I don't know. Stop. <laughs> and so, and so, you, so you crowdfunded. 53K. Oh yeah, yeah. So, wait, 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 wait. so, uh, came up with the idea. October hired a brand agency to create the brand. Got some feedback from the team in April. Designed through the summer. Sourced fabrics through the summer, and by um, December we were already making samples. And as I was making samples, I was trying to raise money, like going on Clubhouse. I was on Clubhouse early, bro. I was in, you know, you're know, you the one who put me on the Clubhouse. Exactly. Like, so and I, I put Ado on the Clubhouse. I was on Clubhouse <laughs> in, I want to say July. Yeah, you were, uh, bro. This dude was like, you need to get on it. And I was like, nah, it sounds whack. Like, you need to get on. And then when it, when I got, I was like, I, I realized. Even, yeah, my homie, yeah, yeah. one of my homies, RJ, who was my homie from when we did the, um, mm-hmm. when we did the, uh, the music the festival. festival. I even mentioned that after my kid was born, in in February of 2019, I had taken like a six month sabbatical, and I ended up working. Remember that? Like, remember I was like working on this car subscription platform called Ooh. Auto. I was doing like I was like we had started like RJ started a tech company, and I came on to help growth. And so like Sebastian was born in February, in June, June of 2019. I took of Jan- January 2019. I took six months off because Breather gave me six months off, and I like basically worked with him trying to launch this company. Um, so I've been working with him, but he was in LA and he put me on the, to clubhouse. And then, so I was on there, I was trying to pitch. I was on there pitching, 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 pitch, ask motherfuckers, yo, I got this idea. I got this running team. People was like, all right, yeah, bet. I would like have meetings with people like, all right, cool. Good luck. Oh, apparel. You ever done, you ever done this before? All right, good luck. So then I had met crowdfunding. I had started learning about crowdfunding on clubhouse and I found this platform called fund black founders. And then they had this like incubator they were going through. It would cost like $1,800 where they would like help you build out your campaign and then launch it for, for Black History Month. And so I was like, that was like Fuck. December. I didn't, I didn't know you found that through Clubhouse. I found it through Clubhouse. That was like December. No, that was, crazy. that was like November, late November into December. And I was like, found them. And, and it I, had to be ready for February. Yeah. And I also wanted to have it ready for February so that I can deliver for the summer too. So then I hustled my way through that. And then January... Um, I got my first samples. I did all my photo shoots. Yep. We did some in we did some in Boston. Um, go check out if you go to pioneers.com, you'll see all the shit PYNRS.com. Yep, PYNRS, absolutely. Go check the shit out. But um we ended up doing that and then um built out the campaign. I sent my shit out to LA. My homie Modi, who had put me on the music festival game, that's my homie still to this day. He did the fucking the LA shoot. Um, oh, word, word, Yeah, word. so he did the LA shoot. We got that content, so we made it feel like summer vibes. Like also it was like word. I didn't want this shit to be a brand coming out of Boston. Because motherfuckers will hate. Motherfuckers will look at black culture in Boston and be like, nah, fuck that shit. So <laughs> I wanted to shoot content in different markets. Yeah. I didn't want motherfuckers to kind of... And like contextualize as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I actually had planned to shoot in London and shoot in fucking remember, other yeah. places. But, like, I ran out of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then I put the fucking campaign together and then the community came out. Like, I got, I, I got on... I got super early on, like, 
text mess text message marketing sms marketing um that's a channel that's about to be like big um in a sense like email saturated email still works well but like SMS marketing, they got to put some parameters around it because you can hit anyone in their phone anytime. Yeah, so, you know, so I, I, I do it at my job and the 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 click-through rate is exponentially higher. Yeah. Um, Maya was just texting me. See how it's going. Yeah, so it's fucking 90, 95% open rate still on. <laughs> 95% open rate. So then like, yeah, so I, I did, uh, like I, I galvanized the running community, my running team, our running team. I used the community that we built for four years um, and just like, yo, we're doing this, we're doing it for the people. And then, so like, yeah, we made $53,000. We made, I mean, we're the fastest funded campaign and fun black fast in history. We, I think we, we hit our campaign goal in, in yeah, 70, 36 hours or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And then we were the most funded ever on that campaign. And so now, yeah, man. Do, do so, they show you extra love for that or not? I mean, yeah, they mentioned it on the block in the breakfast club. That's right. Yeah. So they give me. Wait. Love. So it was the people who run that. Yeah. One of the founders was up there. That was, that was who that was. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. I remember that. And so, what's the next step? What should people expect? Oh man. So now, is that where we are now? And so, like, yeah. I mean, where? Yeah. I guess that's where we are now in terms of like the story. I'm trying to think if I missed anything. Yeah, we're building the product. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> Fresh off of a, of a fitting today. So fitting what we do. Oh yeah, at a fitting, yeah. Well, yeah. What we do at a fitting, fitting is like. So we're making this shit from scratch. Like. If you see anybody out here with their own fitness gear and they're, they're not fucking doing what I'm doing. I'm not even trying to cap on like they're doing drop shipping. Like we've done that. Drop shipping is like where you find some shit and you just print on it and you run it through Shopify or even buy it in bulk and print on it. Like I'm saying I'm me- like I'm measuring people, creating products from scratch, moving shit around, putting zippers, adding zippers, moving them. Maybe this is too big. Maybe that's too small. So fitting is where you go. You take your samples that you've built. You fit it on someone. Who's like a medium or who's a small, and then you cut and like so like you can if you look, if you look on my campaign page you'll start to see all the shit yeah um, and you basically fit it to our body types and some of the cat one of the, the catalysts of me starting this was that like I have bigger I'm like I'm Cape Verdean West African I got like bigger thighs and so like as a runner I can't find really dope running shorts that actually fit me and like so I was like yo I'm creating running apparel for black people for brown people but now it's more like most people don't fit the fucking shit that Lululemon and, and Tracksmith make i love them they're like i aspire to be lululemon and, and tracksman i'm not hating on them i'm just saying that like black people they're not it's not made with people of color in mind we need to create with people in color in mind everyone else is welcome just like they create for white people and everyone's welcome like we need to create for people of color in mind and everyone else is welcome and that's how we run pioneers run crew that's how we run pioneers apparel that's how we run shit so like that's how we do it and so like we fit for bigger body types we want to make sure that we can fit you know husky boys you know the vibes, baby. Um, you know, and all that shit. So um, right now we just did another fitting, um, and we just sent out, sending those back out to to the, to the manufacturer out in uh, in Asia, and then um, yeah, man, and then we'll get that, and hopefully we'll get start delivering hopefully in um, in July, and then it's building out the e-commerce platform. That's a whole another game. Like you got to build out this fucking crazy ass e-commerce platform. Like, and I have, um, like I have. My person in London that designs it, and I have a builder that I built that I that I got from Pakistan, like just slack and fucking fiverr and fucking everything just the hustle trying to figure out that's where the money goes yeah yeah yeah. i mean it's real shit no no it's real shit but but that's the thing like hearing you be like i don't know i don't fucking know bro. but the thing is and then outside looking in you're like oh this is mad figured out he has a team of 300 people behind him like you know what i'm saying and but it takes that to going back to like when why running was so impactful to you that you learned that discipline yeah you gotta have that like 
this is your goal, you're going to make it happen no yeah. matter what. That's part of it. And the other part of like running a marathon is like looking, if you start, if you like starting a marathon, looking at it, you're like, yo, I can't do that shit. If you tell yourself you can't do that shit, nah, you can't do it. If you start anything saying you can't do it, you're never going to be able to do it. You've already told yourself you're not going to do it. And so like, you know, you got to start like um, putting shit out there and envisioning shit and making it like, cause that shit works, man. Like I know it works because it, it's worked with me. Like speak it into existence. The universe works in mysterious ways. In September of 2020, when we were doing more than a run, we put together this fucking, we, we raised $60,000. Also another fucking huge shit that we did in 2020. I had wrote on something and put it on my vision board at my desk. I put like $50,000 to launch pioneers. My goal was to raise $50,000 through that race. We raised 63000 but that money had to go got to charity. Yeah, we needed up. to make sure that like, Pioneer's Run crew was like, we did the race fees and shit. We didn't make, you know, $10,000 on that shit. So, like, here I am with this $50,000 goal. And I don't know how I'm going to get to $50,000. I get to February, and how much do I raise on my fucking campaign? 53000 after fees because you got to pay fees. $50,000, bro. I put that shit on the vision board. Didn't know how I was going to get it. Fucking did it. So, like, that's an example of, like, you don't know, but if you believe and you... Don't give yourself a way out. Like, I'm not I'm not looking for a job anywhere. Like, you know how many people want, you know, like ASICs, they want out, you know. All these fucking brands want what we have now. Like, they want me. They want Pioneer's Run Crew. They want what we have. But, like, I wasn't trying to get out and go work for these brands. I was like, I'm doing it myself. And so I believed in myself enough that I have to keep believing. <laughs> Plus, I put all my money up. I, I have no other yeah, choice gotta, but to believe. Through. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but, like, you set your mind. Just like if you're running a marathon, you set your mind, you're going to be able to do it. If you're going to start something and you're going to, it might not end up being the way you would envisioned it at first, but like that shit, it's just the world. That's how it works. That's how life is. That's how entrepreneurial life is. That's how it is, B. I'm going to, I'm going to run through a fucking wall. (laughs) (laughs) But bro, like, you know, like it's crazy. I mean, yeah. Podcast, same shit. Like somebody's like, oh. Why are you doing a podcast? Cause we need enough more of our stories told, bro. Like, you know, did it? Fucking got some some good people on it. So I don't know. Yeah, I, you did. No, you did. You did have a crazy list of uh, guests. Super diverse in terms of uh, um, sports and yeah. um, specialties. And I got a couple like Olympians on there. I got yeah. Dr. Ibram X. Kendi. He's like the most sought after person in anti racist work. I fucking booked him. Off the same shit I booked the, How I got you <laughs> To the running group Is how I got him On my podcast Just fucking shooting Just shooting Shooting, shooting my shot. shots yeah, yeah, yeah man So And so now you're approaching hustle. So this is uh, the Fitness and Color podcast One of the yeah, other yeah. million things That you do Yeah too much actually Um, You're starting season two when Do you know uh, I got a co-host now Because it's too much But I love having that As a channel That It's like our own channel So instead of like Going to beg uh, advert- Advertisers to put us on What we've been We've already built Our unique Kind of people who want to hear about these people of color stories, stories of, of people of color and fitness. And so like, we're telling those stories, we're building that audience. So then we can pump pioneers apparel through that. Yeah. We can do shit. So yeah. So hey, I, making your own avenues. Gotta do that. Cause like, you, what are we going to keep asking these motherfuckers to give us a chance? You're going to keep asking them to hire us right now. We're hot. Yeah. Like right now, people of color, you know, there's a platform, some of sort of, some sorts of, uh, of sorts. But at some point, the trend's going to go out. At some point, the dollars mm. are going to matter again. Mm. And they're going to, at the end of the day, they ain't fucking giving you a seat at the at the top of the table. They're going to put you in diverse leadership. They might give you here and there, but, like, you ain't making no fucking decisions. Mm-hmm. That, like, that money ain't coming back to your neighborhood. 
So like, yeah, man, I'm I'm pretty passionate about like really creating like the full ecosystem for myself. Yeah, you know, they got the authentic running community that will keep feeding because we're doing real shit. We're putting people, we're like changing lives through running. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And, and, and that whole and so concept that feeds everything, bro. That whole concept can be placed in so many different industries, different. You know, it, it contextually can change, but the actual concept yeah. remains the same. I mean, Blackie was saying it in his episode where he was saying for DJs, like, you know, our ecosystem is like, you know, to you, the companies and the big brands that want to work mm-hmm. with us, it's the promoters, it's the venues, it's the managers. Do it yourself, yeah. right? If, 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 if you're concerned about bookings, create your own bookings, make yeah. your own lane. If you want to be able to make yourself more marketable, make yourself more market. Like, like hit up hit up your boy that, that can take the photos of you and whatever, Facts. you know what I'm saying? Like, it can happen. And to your point... If you have the goal on the sticky note on the wall, it's crazy. Like you can do it. I remember when I realized that I was like, "Yo, Maya, let me tell you about this." Because I started believing, I started having to do like the gratitude, and I always go back to like my um this uh, this uh, one of my mentors or like I went to a, a, a school called the Epiphany Middle School. That's where I went with um with, with Francis and the founder of the school. He's a Finley. He's like the Finley the fourth or something or the fifth. He comes from like a very like his his his, his parent um his great uncle or something founded princeton like they were oh, like shit. they got old money they got more money they got old money older than like the vanderbilts and shit so like but like he started the school but he was like he was like his gratitude was out of this world like he thanks you he'll fucking call you and thank you for picking up the phone he'll like all this gratitude and i was just always thought weird like this rich ass dude mm. got all this money like why the fuck is he always a gratitude but like once you start practicing gratitude and start to like put it into the universe and like that shit comes back. Like that shit pays dividends. That changes your mentality. It changes your mood. It changes the way you think, the way you feel, the way you like. So I say all that to get into like I got into this book. I forget what it's called. The um the secret. Like the, the secret. And you start practicing gratitude. And then you start practicing like um manifesting. Manifesting mm-hmm. and shit. And I'm not a religious dude. Like I grew up Catholic. My mom's drove with us. Half my family's Catholic. <laughs> we talked about my kid <laughs> about to be. <laughs> try to get baptized. We don't go to church. Whatever. But like. <laughs> I believe in the universe. <laughs> that was a whole other thing. I believe in the universe. Yeah. And I believe now and at this point, I believe in manifesting shit. And I, you know, and I have to because mm-hmm. there's no way out. Like, I'm not thinking 2020 when I realized, like, there's no going back to PwC. There's no going back to that mm-hmm. world. Like, and I don't know. I just unlocked this, like, level. I told Francis because I was still, I still had a job. Like, I still was working. Like, I was still working while I was doing Pioneers Run Crew and doing all this other shit. I was still working for a consulting firm. And then in July of 2020, that shit kind of went under. Like, I didn't work anymore. And I told Francis, I'm never getting a job in my life. And she was like, oh, cool. <laughs> I'm never getting a job in my life. Like, I'm starting my own shit. That's when, the, that's when the, um, like, I've got, like, everything this situated. I got the podcast going. And, um, yeah, man, so just vibing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's going crazy, bro. I don't know. You got yeah. me talking. A I, lot, mean, I, I mean, a big year. Obviously, you know, what we talked about, but uh, Celtics here are among us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got, All that uh, shit. What, what, else, what, else, what else did you fucking get? Um, you got, uh, Rob. Rob showed up with the, the pri- privilege, uh, privilege uh, toast the, from Hennessy. Some other shit you got? No. Um, yeah, I got. Um, I was in Runners World two times. Runners World two times. We were in the NBC, ABC, BBC Health as magazine, well. we BBC, BBC as well. My voice was in there. Shout Your out voice was on shout there. Out BBC. I, be, I got. I got tapped to become a running coach on this app. It's me. <laughs> It's called. It's go to stayonpace.com. Stayonpace.com. You can you can five dollars a month, and I can be your running coach. Um, co- shout out Coach B because Coach B is my coach <laughs> for me to be a coach. You know, he's the catalyst of me creating all that. Um, but yeah, man. So like, 
yeah, so yeah, it's been a big year. It was a big year. I think I think once I threw myself into it fully, um, yeah, man, just became big. Yeah, and big congratulations to you as someone who talks to you every day. I know, right? You know, you don't I, even know I'm, half the shit that I. That's what I'm saying. Like, because we have to I have to like. You know, the running team, like I said, like, we got to do that. That's a whole, it's a whole it's thing. It's a whole beast in itself. A whole itself, production. We yeah. got some good opportunities to come in there, but, like, yeah. I can't boggle y'all down with this shit. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, man. No, it's fun. It's good shit. Yeah. It's and so shit. I want to just give you uh, one last opportunity to just plug in where people can find you, where people can find whatever the fuck you're yeah, working man. on, how they can support you. Just, just go off. Yeah, man. So we're actually working through building out the website. Um, right now so that's not going to launch for another couple months maybe um just you know go to pioneers.com pynrs.com sign up for our newsletter um that's coming out check out pioneers run crew like that's the vibe like we are we're going to do some dope shit this year Yo. like some really, okay, really got, got the whole shit. year planned out baby the whole year planned out um like that is like <clears throat> that's like the shit that i love um come up to that if you want to be if you want to get in the running check out stayonpace.com i think that actually launches officially in june um, but that's an easy way to kind of like get some coaching in and come pull up a Pioneers Run crew and, and just be do the vibe, be with the vibes. But yeah, man, uh, I'm I hate Instagram, unfortunately, but I'm still on there and I need to take a break. But like to go back to something else I was talking about quickly before we end is <laughs> you can only do so much. So like I was running the campaign and I was putting all this content out on my on Pioneers on apparel, kind of like the Instagram. Once that shit was done, like I, I had no time to worry about. The Instagram, so now I got to fucking worry about, like, making sure the shit gets delivered to people. So I got to build systems and processes. The when I tell you, I don't know what's going on next because I don't fucking know what's what I, I have to put people in place to run the Instagram and build a website and build all these logistics. Like, I still got to figure that shit out. I don't know how I'm doing it, you know? And so, um, yeah. But, yeah, follow me on Instagram. I don't like Instagram. <laughs> all that to say, like, I don't like to post on Instagram a lot, um, especially so, but I'm on uh, Sidbap um, on Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, all that shit. And then Pioneers Run Crew, that's where you should really show them the love. Word. That's the, that's the community. That's the community. And so, I mean, this was... Can I, can, I, can I give you your flower snacks? Oh, man. Please, before we end? No, nah, because snacks, man. Like, so we've known each other, what, since 2017? Uh, yeah. 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like this up-and-coming young DJ who you was like, man, like... Kareem, <laughs> Ra, like all these like events and stuff, and like you were like you were a hustler, bro. Like you've always been a hustle, and that's the reason why I like to tap myself on my back for tapping someone like you early on to be a, a captain is just to see how fucking on point you are with your shit. How like you're never late. You also take everything so serious, right? He's never late. He's never late. He always takes something so serious. Um, and so like I've seen you, I've watched you go from like this working on your craft college DJ to fucking the biggest DJ in the city and it's fucking dope to watch and I remember when you first got your we were after I think it was after Yule Fest you got your first gig with Kareem and you um you were there the night he whispered in my ear you're gonna be the resident yeah 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 that was fire um and so like yeah it's dope to be like I don't know when I had a a, like when Pioneers were started and I was like telling Francis like yo this gotta be a collective we gotta want our own shit like I want our own photographer our own DJ and like now we are that we have Francis dope on the on the on the video on on like the camera shit shooting the protests and like shooting people everywhere like you're the DJ who's like got your own podcast hottest DJ podcast hottest DJ like you do everything bro like I was gonna say something wild. We birthed this shit, Ado. Yo, we were the first ones. Hey, we were the first ones. We were the first. Hey, hey. We're not necessarily the best. We're just the first. But what I'm saying is, like, also privately funded. 
Hey, I don't whoa. know. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not as tapped into into the into the nightlife scene whoa. anymore. But like, it's just dope to watch you climb and become, you know, do what you do. So, here's more. I mean, we, I appreciate that, you bro. Know, so that, that means a lot to me. I really and so I appreciate that. you having me on your podcast. I, I was like, <laughs> me? I can come to your podcast, <laughs> Dude, bro. You, hey, yo, you hear all this shit you've been talking about? As if I wouldn't have him on my podcast, bro. Oh, oh man. man, we only got Boston's best, baby. And then, like we're, and then eventually, you know, now uh, August, we're gonna be outside. Hopefully, we're gonna be able to expand. I, I can travel, maybe get this, you know, get other people in here. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, so we're, we're just gonna be growing. And then, as the gigs uh, flow in, as Ado starts throwing these bangers again, we're just right. gonna have more stories. That's all it is. It's just gonna be more stories and more mayhem, it. more people coming up. You That's know? the best. Yeah. So these stories, we're they, we need more of these stories, man. We need yeah. them. So. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you. We, we, I appreciate you and your story. I'm, I'm sure it's going to inspire a lot of people, and uh, so. I hope uh, people keep an eye out on the product, yeah. what you're doing, business, they'll see everything it. that you're working on. They'll see yeah, it. they'll see it. <laughs> so, as always, uh, follow Dope Entertainment official on Instagram. Follow, but I know the DJ on Instagram. Follow me, your host, Agony Snacks on Instagram. Sid, thank you, and we'll see you next time. Peace.